river kingdoms are a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevois sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevois seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. Final episode. Okay. So, when last we left our heroes, you had gone to the end of time, and you had faced Titania, three-on-one in mortal combat. Yep. And she had done her damnedest to banish you to mazes in the other end, in the other end of reality, uh, to poison you, turn you to stone, slay you, burn you with lightning... Have you smashed by earthen statues of several of the kings that she has influenced in the past? Um, and, but you have overcome her. And, what is it? Um, now mortal be near all three swords, all deeds deserve their just rewards. An end can also be a start, they offer choice to mortal art. And you returned the swords to her, jamming them back into her heart, uh, rather than taking her head off for what she has done. And that appears to have bought her the opportunity to choose. And thus she has learned from the interactions she has had with Caelan with mortal kind, for you are closer to her than any mortal has ever been before. Mm-hmm. And she has learned of this. And has chosen that rather than to repeat, rather than to repeat the old Titania's mistakes again and try and lock mortal kind away to keep them safe by force rather than by choice, she will not do so. She will leave them to choose as they see fit, and come what may. And that is where we left it. And when we return, you have staggered out of the portal. Yes, so Caitlin has staggered out of the portal, deposited Titania on his bedroll, lay down next to his bedroll, and ceased to contribute meaningfully to um, events that are surrounding him for quite some time. Yeah. He is um, somewhat overloaded by um, what has happened. And I believe Titania was unconscious... Uh, she was indeed unconscious. She spoke with you, yeah. and then she basically fainted forward. Yeah, and then we've sort of carried her out. Yeah. All right, so... um, She is, among other things, quite badly hurt. Like, Michaela will check over her and go, okay, she's she's not dying. Yeah. That's fine. So, um, I would imagine that people sort of help Caelan onto another bedroll yeah. and give him some medical attention. 
Um, and then, um, he just kind of lies there for a while. Fair. And then, um, I think, um, let's say it's not too, you know, it's, um, I don't know what time of day it is. Uh, you went in kind of first thing in the morning. Yeah. Um, and you have lost about four or five hours since then, so it is in mid-afternoon when you, or early afternoon when you come out. Yeah. By the time you've had a bit of a, a flat and a rest, it's probably headed for twilight. Cool. So, I think, um, at the point that people start cooking dinner, yep. Kaelin will revive and sit up and express his, um, interest in someone, a, a, a possibly supplying him with some of that their dinner. Mm, told you the bacon would do it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Oh, that was that was a lot. And um Kellen will look over nearby and see if Titania is um co- is conscious at this time. She at this point um is clearly awake. You've you've got to kind of double check like to see. Yeah. She is lying in her bedroll which she has moved slightly away from the tent, effectively pulling it under the under the tree line. Yeah. Um and is just lying there, her hands behind her head gazing up at the twilight, so slowly setting, looking through the tree branches at the seam of it. Do you want to come and have some dinner? And Michaela sort of sends you the subtle, you know, no trouble here, pull on her ear. And Gail will nod as well. Do you? And Titania sits up. Yes, I suppose that would be a good idea. Excellent. And, um, Kaelin will devote himself with considerable enthusiasm to um, his dinner. He's yep. um, been through a tremendous physical amount since he last ate with the climbing trees and um, climbing mountains yep. and getting struck by lightning many times. Yep. And he's pretty hungry. Unlike Tris, Titania is not a believer in the theory that um, food just appears. Yeah. Your servants bring it to you. She's actually perfectly comfortable with the conception that, you know, you skin the meat, you cook the meat, you prepare the meat, you eat it. But um, I would imagine that she hasn't per se needed to eat before. No, um, uh, she doesn't need. She hasn't needed to before, but she does routinely yep. because it's an experience that the Fae enjoy. Yeah, that makes very sense. Much about experiences. That makes sense. Um, and as a druid, she's well familiar with life cycle and yep. prepare food and plants and meat and all that sort of thing. So none of this is terribly surprising with her to her. And indeed, she will sit down with a plate and tuck into whatever you're yeah. serving quite comfortably. Yeah. All right. Well, I suppose we should give some thought to what we do now. But it doesn't have to be right away. Um, and Kale will look over at Titania at this point. The, this wasn't in anybody's plans. I'm kind of curious about what you want to do now, but it's not something you have to answer if you want more time to think. I have been giving it some thought over the last several hours. Caitlin smiles and looks inquiringly at her. I cannot make up for what I have done. I cannot return the lives I have taken. At best, I could bring them a new life as a kobold, a gnome, that sort of thing, but I am willing to attempt such if anyone desires. <laughs> the um, common folk of the land, the soldiers and the like that died, knew they might die in defense of their um, kingdom they have passed on. The old Belle Dame, I think, knew her time was coming soon in any case. I think... Um, 
she'd be relatively happy to have passed on. Oh, at this point, she had a good long life. I don't think um, anybody will be particularly looking looking for that. Uh, I wouldn't. And Kellen looks thoughtfully over at the. We do also have to figure out what we're going to do with these. And he looks over at the glass jars. She looks at them. And looks slightly quizzically at you. What you intend to do with them? Do you not, do you intend to return them? That was my general idea. I, I, I'm kind of surprised they're still intact. And she can very trivially point out which one is which, or yeah. that's not um, something. You're probably yeah. mostly aware of that anyway, but if not, she can yeah. completely solve that problem for you. Um, and she says, to you, such things are not designed to be easily broken. The wriggling man and I spent oh, uh, perhaps ten of your lifetimes in your case, perhaps 15, working upon the glass. It is, feel, it is very solidly tempered, but it may be easily unsealed. I had intent that if the world changed outside the River Kingdoms, they could be returned when peace was brought all across Galarian. And Michaela makes this slight... <laughs> Noise. Yeah, <laughs> and um, Galen will um, give her a very slight glare. And Titania looks at her apparently largely unoffended by this. It says, your world has changed a great deal in the last 10,000 years. It could change a great deal more in the next 10,000. Michaela gives her a vague shrug, like, okay, on that timeline it is. Yeah. You know, it's entirely possible more kind will be wiped out by Earthfall Part 2 at that point. At which point we'd be really glad to tell you had preserved supply of um, mm-hmm. spare humans and little bottles. It's like the um, the Norwegian seed vault. Yeah, exactly. For the people in it. Um, the, um, so, if we open them, does the land come out here or go back to where it was, it came from? It will return to its size it will return to its proper size rapidly uh, no more than a f- no no more than a few seconds for these gestures the land itself no more than a few minutes for something larger just just a little thing um, i would think it would i it would be best for the land itself and quite certainly the people in it to return them to whence they came before you uncork the bottles aye that's good enough so, I'll have to think a bit more about Littleton, but uh, the others will be put back. I spoke with Volta, the one closest to the king of Littleton. Peace was wanted in his heart. He saw the land where peace would come. It was enough for me. But I took the choice from the others. I did not seek consent of everyone in that village. Merely their leader, their king, to speak for them. It was enough for my purposes. But it was not right. Thank you. That 
That can't have been easy to say. That eases my mind on it somewhat. I think um, I might see if there's a means for me to talk with them before I make this decision for them. I think this is a problem. That's a problem for another day. What were you thinking about what you would like to do? It's true enough you can't undo the harm you've done, but it's still true that you've done a lot of good just in this past lifetime. The people have been preserved from Trevon and Vordekai's evil is being cleared from the land. Even just in the last little while, you've done a lot of good to balance the harm. But the people of Stagthorn, says Svetlana, many will call for justice. Michaela nods at this. In an ordinary war, we would not... We, we would not wipe out the opposing kingdom and Tristan winces slightly at that because that's more or less exactly what you've done. Um, But we would certainly seek reparations, land, concessions from the ruler. We have. The fable has paid a high... The First World and the fable have paid a high toll in this war. Many of their soldiers were killed. I, I don't... I personally don't feel we can ask of them a higher toll than we would ask of any other nation. And we took Pytax and, um, we, we took most of, uh, all of Pytax into ourselves and Drelev too, and asked not, uh, did not ask the people to pay for the crimes of their leaders. No, but you did get paid off for the crap load of land, which she's incapable of giving you. Yes, but in the, but the, the kingdom survived, whereas we've destroyed the fable. Yeah. And, Titania nods at this again. She says, I understand. Uh, and literally stands up and shows off the non-existent pockets of the yeah. dress. And she says, I have no reparations, no money to offer you. Thinks about this for a moment. Yet, I can offer you what is of value to you. Fair harvest, and she puts a hand out over the ground and lifts it, and a plant begins to grow there very rapidly. There is much I can do, there is little I can do to heal the hearts of your people, to repair your buildings, to bring back the dead. But there is much I can do to the land itself, to heal its wounded heart, bring bountiful weather and harvests. This is what I offer. I think that it's an, off- it's an offer that's a generous one. But I think in some cases what might be needed here is some time. My thought would be that it might the people could use a chance to recover before you try to move amongst them. But as I am the king... And um, Kaelin settles back because there's yep. really no one who can dispute that at this point. Yep, yep. Um, I say that a mortal lifespan is a very short time indeed, Ed has reckoned with some, and that that is all the death that my kingdom will demand. I think you're right. 
if you do not intend to send me, if you do not intend to drag me back in shackles and imprison me behind bars of cold iron, and she shivers slightly because that's kind of a nightmare scenario yeah. for her. Um, then, if I am to re- if I am to remain in this kingdom, I can easily do so under another face and another name. And she shimmers. And standing before you is now a human-looking, vaguely peasanty woman who is still startlingly attractive. Um, long, flowing brunette hair, full-on, you know, solid wool peasant dress. Uh, looks very nice, very attractive, but very much like a perfectly ordinary human being. Mm. Um, and Titania just does this with ease. Yeah. It is something she can easily still do within her capacities. In exactly the same way Tristan and Michaela can. Yeah. That's a actually a very good idea. Michaela nods slowly at this. It is, of course, the king's choice who is informed of what is truly happening here, but there may be no need to inform the populace, the general populace of this. I have generally been fairly open and honest with the people. But honestly, at this time, I feel I can say that the Fae... the Fae Queen Titania is dead. And if someone else decides to start a new life in our kingdom, well, people do that every day. A druid, she says, and her ears change and grow longer in Elven. Um... Bought here, hearing of this conflict, hearing of the wisdom of the king. Bought here to heal the land. I am, I am, she thinks about this for a moment. LSE, which is a word in Sylvan which has several complex meanings. It's, um, what you get after a, pl- what you get after a plant has started to die, the seeds have fallen from it, and then a new healthier growth has come out. Lit- literally taken, it's something in the neighborhood of a second growth or a second chance. Um, in Sylvan, the words are quite nature focused and me- metaphorical, so it's very much about reseeding a new, a, a, new, second, a, a new second life, somewhere between yeah. a second chance and a second life. Good. I like it. If all this hadn't happened, I'd be very glad to have you on the council. I think not now as things stand, but who can say what will come in time. But you did a lot to build this kingdom one way or another. I figure you can walk walk the lands and see it grow. I would like that. I would like that very much. Good. I'll tell the council, but I'll ask them to keep it to themselves. And I won't necessarily tell them what you, what you now, what your new name is and what you look like so much as just that you're out there somewhere. I think that's enough for them to know, but Tris, for one, would like to know that. I think... I quite at, understand. At some stage, he would like to see you again. I trust your wisdom in this matter. So do I, says Tristan, 
Mm. Bread nods. Michaela is, of course, very emphatic about this point. And Svetlana is actually the last one. She thinks about this for a few moments, and then... I believe there is no merit in imprisoning her. No merit in executing her. These are not justice. In a way, this will bring you peace. It will bring us all peace. And Tanya nods at this. Right, I don't think I'm going to be, go better better line for that for um, this line in here. So, um, Kaelin smiles and settles back in his seat. It's silent for a moment. Uh, I, I think now we really will know a time of peace. It's worth having, though not at any price. Mm. <laughs> Very nice. Are you closing scene there? And I'm closing scene yep. there. Yep. All right, and yes, so um, I think um, what LSA wants to do with herself now, whether she wants to, but I'm sort of envisaging at this time she might want to just go into the Forest of Thousand Voices and spend some time getting herself together, yeah. have some time away from people and come back to and explore civilization at her own pace. Yeah. Basically, Kaylin is pretty content to release her on her own recognizance, with the general understanding that if she did have an evil plan, if he can take her out as a fake queen, he can probably take her out as a high-level druid. Yeah, yeah. And um, though I genuinely believe that she doesn't. Um, uh, Michaela will tell you she is going to do this, and then if you don't give her permission to go behind your back and do it anyway, yeah. um, go and speak to Spy Master Perlavish about yeah. this. And tell him that word has reached her yeah. um, that there is a druid of some power who has um, come, made her way to Thousand Breaths, who is bought by the um, the strangeness of the First World, yeah. and has come to explore. And basically, because this is a high PC level person wandering around our kingdom, let's put some spies on them and keep an eye on them. Yeah. And um, considering considerable number of Perlavish's per- spies are tiny fey creatures, and um, whether or not Titania can see them, she won't, probably won't be very alarmed to see them around. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, the f- tiny fey keeping surveillance on her is probably pretty easy and won't specifically alarm her. No, yeah, I mean, no, spy, Kaylin, spycraft is a bit lost on her. Yeah, so Kaylin, complete, Kaylin approves this. And then I think we probably part ways and the rest of us head back to civilization. Yeah. Because I think... Kaelin and Titania need a little bit of time apart because it's been a lot, and um, I think would be just as good for the rest of my party who have you know yep. kind of suffered suffered quite a lot here. Yep. So um, and Kaelin is pretty eager to head back to civilization and you know spend a few nights of uninterrupted sleep in his castle. Something. Let's be clear here. The night's rest he got after the incident with Tristram and Tris was the nightmare rook. Yeah, yeah. He's had a few months since then, so he has actually no. He's had a few months of rest, the comparative rest in this castle. But he's looking forward to a few months of rest without a looming giant um, battle in his immediate future. I think that's fair. So yes, so we make it back to the castle and we announce that um, Titania has been defeated and struck down, and that. um, Peace looks set to continue a little longer this time, and that the kingdom is not going to be under attack from further fey threats. 
that's that's the broad that's the public announcement. You yeah. actually go out with town criers and give a spectacular yeah. speech off the balcony. Yeah, Ka- Ka- peace Ka- has come. Yeah, Kalen has um Kalen literally reprises peace is worth having but not at any price. Yeah, fair. And um says that Titania has been struck down and is no longer a threat to this kingdom. She no longer has the capacity to um attack it from the first world. Yep. And that this is um this kingdom will not again be threatened by this kind of attack. Yeah. That the, this isn't going to happen in, in future lifetimes either. Though, though we must always be wary of future threats yes. to our kingdom and stand strong together. No, we're not getting rid of the armies and returning yeah. your tax money. Yeah. Um, but it, but it's um, in fact, I think this is probably worth doing at least a little. So, Caelan will say that I'm very proud of you. You held together against the terrible threat far greater than anything we could have seen coming. You stood strong. And now the peace I promised you a few months back, I believe, has really come. And it is time to enjoy what we've built here together. All right. King Kaelin! King Kaelin! Snackthorn! And then we have a big, um, we have an impromptu festival. Yep. And uh, not really um, one of our standard ones, we just have a party. And, you know, we roast some pigs and um, have village fair-style entertainment for all. Yep, yep, because Caelan, by God, is going to have the festival that he wants to. Yep, that's, that's the thing. And is this, is this now becoming a yearly festival? Uh, I think, The festival yeah. of rebirth? Can yeah, I think we'll have the festival of rebirth on this particular day and replace the festival of Safe Harbor, which kind of only happened yeah. once, and yep. we just and kind of... We're not talking about it again. Yeah, we're just not doing that anymore because it's got really negative associations because the very next day the kingdom was attacked by a massive fey invasion, and the next month was just a very bad month indeed. So, yeah, so um, we have the festival of rebirth... Um, we have a celebration, everyone's up. We kind of, it's going to be celebrated in future years on this, on that day, the day that, um, the day that Kaelin, that everyone won the final battle against Titania. Yeah. But we're actually celebrating it two weeks in advance on this, two weeks in the future when we've had time to get it organized. Makes good sense. But Kaelin makes sure it's moved. And, um, uh, Various people will ask you about the uh, amazing magical swords, um, yep. which you can trivially tell them were broken in the battle. They, they serve their purpose. Um, what are you doing with the hilt out of interest? You have the hilt with the broken piece of shard left in it. That's basically the broken hilt of sacrifice. Um, the the actual blade itself is gone to who knows where, so there's nothing to reforge there. In the new town of Rosethorn, there's a monument park. Yep. Um, it has a monument, Kaelin has a monument put in it to, um, Titania, um, Oberon, Mab, and Puck. Um, that their sacrifice should not be forgotten. Yep. And, um, he leaves the hill there. And I, I, cause you've almost <laughs> got to do this now. Like a stone block that you then have the cast and have the hilt put into. Yep. We're also, as Kaelin expands into Pytaxia, yeah. he is going to have the monument garden cleaned up and preserved, yeah. the one that the Jabberwocky was living in. Yes, yes, clear a few, clear some trees out, build an actual path to it. Yeah, and have it become something of a tourist attraction so people know it's there and look after it. Yeah, it makes good sense. Yes, you can easily deploy a, um, 
a group of woodsmen and rangers whose yeah. job is literally you run this site. Yeah. You protect it, you keep it safe, you, you keep people moving to it. Yeah. And what are you telling your greater council about what has occurred? I think, um... I can potentially do that in character. By, by all means. Um, you're, you're driving the scenes at yeah. this point. So, um... Kale and comes in and sits down at the table. So, we won. Have your counsel this? Sure. Yeah. Soot scales. It's over? Just like that? Oh, well, we're just like that means we, um... Slew a dozen or so immensely powerful fey beasts and more or less destroyed a demi-plane of reality. Fantastic! (laughs) He's on board with this. Gorham would have thrown. Christopher Rossington. Incredible. You make it sound not simple, but doable, yet clearly it was. What occurred, Your Highness? Alright, and Kaelin is going to relay the story of the defeat of the various um, big um, beasties and yeah. the destruction of Goody Niska. He doesn't go, he's really summar, he's going to summarize this pretty heavily. Yeah. But, um, the, um, you know, even the short version is still hideous, disturbing, yeah. but he thinks it's important that people know. And the, um, and the destruction of the... Uh, and effectively that the fable was ended as a place and its lands are now part of our kingdom. Yeah. And then say... And then we battled Titania. And we won. Now, people are absolutely going to ask this. Yeah. You can um, divert, it, divert it any which way you want. The first person that will think of this is Huxley. This is... Is she dead then? Sealed away? What uh, prevents her returning? Uh, as she threatened to? Publicly I've been saying struck down. Uh, there is a bit more to it, but I'm going to ask you all to keep it in confidence. Okay, well, we'll look round at everyone. There are various nods at the table. This is nothing terribly new for them. Uh, the swords gave me the capacity to make her mortal. That's, I think, what they were for. You slew the queen of forgotten time? And, uh, Huxley, who was again listening a bit more carefully, he shakes his head at that. Uh, she's alive like people are, not like, uh, not like fake queens are. She no longer has the capacity to threaten this kingdom in the way that she did before. A mortal, says Michaela, not a goddess or a shadow of one. Her resources are substantially depleted. And... And Kaelin will, at this point, smile, the big scary smile he usually saves for enemies. And I beat her the last time. So I can't say I'm too threatened if she did try coming for me again. But I don't think she will. 
she learned a lot from this, what with one thing and another. What she was, as we've had very detailed briefings on the nature of the freight, freight A from our Magister, she didn't have the capacity to choose different, even if she wanted to. Now she does. That is an extraordinary tale, my Lydia, says Rossi again. I don't think it's one for the public ear. What people need to know is that Titania will not threaten us anymore. We will not be the first kingdom, nor the last in the River Kingdoms, to have secret histories. I don't think it's um, necessarily needs... I don't know that it needs to be widely known, but it's probably good that we write it down somewhere for the future. But... What the Fae are, that wasn't all of Titania. There are echoes of Oberon and Mab and Puck still here, but they've gone on in their own way and so has she. That was just a shadow, a part. And the woman who can choose is something entirely different again, says Tristan. Something new. Not the Queen of Forgotten Time... Not Nerissa, not Tanya. And... He won't name her here, but that's um, obviously what he's thinking. When I can, I make decisions with you, Owen Concert, but this one's mine. This kingdom's debts with her are settled. She's paid a high price. She's lost an entire realm. All her compatriots and allies, one way or another, and... In a very real sense, her life, for someone who, um, whose real plan by the end of the fight was to just uh, turtle up for another 10,000 years, a mortal lifespan is very short indeed. I can understand if you're angry. I'm not anymore, but I was very, very, very angry. But there comes a time where you have to let things go if you don't want to wind up like Melkrizat and Niska. And this is that time for us. Varn, there's, there's a few faces in that, um, from Varn, Lillian, and Chief Sootscales in particular. Um, nothing terribly aggressive or upset. They're just not thrilled by the concept. And Varn will actually look to Tristan and say, how long... Is a mortal lifespan. Do you mean human? Half walk? Elven? And Tristan sort of gives a vague shrug at this. Uh, mortal. Uh, at least as mortal as me. How long would that, how long is your lifespan? And Tristan looks at him, looks about it. Well, I guess only time will tell. <laughs> He has no idea how long she will live, only that she will age and eventually she will die. She has promised, she understands that she can't bring back those we've lost. And she's promised to do what she can for this kingdom and her new guys to try and make up for what she's done. But, ultimately, We could impose further punishment on you, but if you'd heard that glass shattering, you'd um, understand that we did do her and hers a great deal of harm. And also, ultimately, we're all only here and breathing 
because they stopped, Oberon and Mab stopped her from carrying out her plan. But we're all only here and breathing because the three of them gave up their power in the first place. In the, in the final scheme of things, we still owe her. And there is a, I can't really make this noise, hoofbeats of approval at this from under the table from Akora and to a lesser extent Zamanth. Um, and Akora says, I for one trust the king's judgment in these matters. He has shown that he knows his, that he knows right from wrong, good from evil. Such old deeds for evil and for good should not be casually forgotten. There are people at this table who've lost a very great deal to her one way or another. And, um, Caelan's eyes will flick to um, Tristan Tristram in yeah. particular. Yeah. But ultimately she's not the same person she was. And that's if any of you want to sort, discuss this with me privately, you're welcome to. But the decision's made. There are things that we can do to help those who've paid a high price on a larger scale, and Caelan's eyes will flip to Lillian. Fort Drelev, um was particularly brutally attacked and might deserve some extra assistance over the next little while. Undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. I, we're already planning, we're already rebuilding the damage the sea monster did. Although there is some comfort in the knowledge that Hooktown was probably going to come out and assault us at some point, and at least now that problem's taken care of. Of course. I, I have a proposal already for extra disaster relief funds that Elk's Arrest can fund for the Rayleigh. <laughs> but that's for your private ears, because you've all, in this fight, you've all bled for this kingdom, and you deserve to know. But I think it's time that the people be allowed to let let this rest and not worry themselves too much over it. We are keeping a very private eye on where she is and what she's doing. Just so we know. Everything is under control. <laughs> and that's and that's it. Yep. <laughs> so well then, yeah. And now with I think uh, I may be taking a week or two's holiday, and then I look forward with great satisfaction to hearing about taxes and um, who's getting more land than who else, and um, what farmers are having crop troubles, and things of a slightly less earth-shattering nature. And Rossi will pat a small pile of papers in a folder next to him. He says, unsurprisingly, such things are already there and waiting for you, my liege, but I deem none of them necessary. None of them quite necessary at this exact moment. I, I think, um, I think I've done, I've done my effort for, I've done my effort for this month. And thank you all for sheltering. I know I said it before, but I think it warrants saying again. Thank you all for sheltering this kingdom where I couldn't be there for it. It is our land too. <laughs> Alright, and close scene there. Yep. So, I don't think this needs to be a scene, but I'll go see Michaela and Tristram afterwards and tell them that I'd like them to stick around for next month to let things settle down, 
and at that point I'm very happy if they want to oh, take we're off. No, we're in no great hurry to depart. Alright, well, just let, give us a give us a month or so's notice and you can um, pretty much take off when you want to. Sure. Anyway, so, so yes, so that, that's, the, that's what I tell people. That's that council scene. Yep. Cool. All good. Okay. So, I believe that pretty much settles all your matters in there. Um, certainly, your people are quite happy to take your word for it. Um, uh, Mavoy, Dagamark, and neighbouring kingdoms will ask for a bit more detail. Yeah. Um, but certainly, all you need is all you need for a report. There is something that falls in between what you told your people and what you told your council. I went into the first world, you know, fought mightily, and you know, and we'll and we will diplomatically worth it and say, you know, and remove the threat and just let them assume whatever the hell they want. Yep. So we send out, you know, um, we basically we send Mavoy's troops home and um, with thanks and promises of um, friendship, and that yep. we will remember that they were there for us in our time of need. We um, and likewise, yeah, like we pay back. Um, we um, pay back any loans we've borrowed from Dagamark and thank them very much for their assistance. They offer to let us extend our loans pretty much indefinitely at the normal interest rates, and we politely decline. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, we, we let them know what's going on and that their lands are no longer under peril. And, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, at some stage, Kel, I, I think I want to resolve the glass bottles thing. Yep. But... Um, and I don't know if you have specific things you want to sort out what's happening with. Because I think we're heading into montage time. Yeah, I think definitely so. Um, yeah, that's very much the other kingdoms dealt with, very much. Yeah. Great work. You receive um, congratulatory notes um, and uh, what you would call minor tributes. They're effectively yeah. gifts for the, for the wise warrior King Caelan. Yeah. Back again. Um, look forward to seeing you at the next Rushlight tournament. <laughs> Yep, I'm going to kick the next Rushlight tournaments. That's <laughs> bye. Yep. Yep, with no more villain or cough to challenge you, I think the, the, um, the joust, joust is undisputedly is, yours. The jousting is going to be mine, yeah. Although, honestly, it's such a hard competition that I'm not necessarily certain Stagthorn's going to come away with the ultimate prize, but certainly I feel like Kaelin's going to own the jousting. And Mervoy might be quite a strong contender <laughs> now that they've got all Mervoy's resources as well as all move on. Yeah, yep. a few good champions coming out of there. Oh yeah, and Pytaxia. <laughs> yep, we will see that halfling cleric of Saren Rai again. Yeah. Alright. Unbottling the bottles. Yes. Um, I would imagine that you probably test start this with one of the unmanned bits. Oh, yeah. That, that's what we saw. Because what Kaelin was thinking was totally, you know, climb down the hole, put the bottle gently on the ground, climb back up the hole, and then get Rupert to open the bottle. Yeah. Because Tristram is a really good choice to take out for this because he can get us across the land very, very fast. Yeah, you can... Um, uh, you have a vague idea where... Um, LSE is the mysterious druid in the woods, so you yeah. can actually make contact with her if you want her to come to these and assist you per se, but she's not terribly worried about it. She doesn't think it's going to go south. I'm probably pretty happy to just start with the unmanned ones and go from there. Yeah. So what happens is 
Rupert struggles, the unseen servant goes, pops the glass cork out of the bottle, and when it does so, there is a noise like an earthquake or an avalanche, and the what you had was sort of a gigantic, precisely scooped hole, which over mm. over the last several months has just kind of eroded. Now there's a ton mm. of dirt sitting in there, and it more or less goes and just regrows back out, and you've got a big lump of dirt and grass sitting there. You can absolutely see the line mm. around it where the grass has been cut into, but it's still all growing and healthy and all that sort of thing. Mm, and it'll just sort of and all, all that will happen is the earth will settle and the yeah. grass will regrow. And in another two months, no one will ever be able to tell this wasn't here yeah. the whole time. It'll just look like another piece of land in the River Kingdoms. I love that she was just going to keep the bottle sealed for 10,000 years or so and then see if Galarian comes out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when mortal kind outgrows war. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... And if they don't, we'll give it another 10,000 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By that point, you'll all be replaced by the Neo-Cyclops Empire and Jetpacks. Yeah, yeah. Um... Alright, and then, um, yeah, I can certainly, certainly if humanity has survived for several 10,000 year increments, um, the, it, one does feel that the, the people might be a smooch, scooch out of place. Yeah. <laughs> um, alright, and then we'll head across the land and do the same with the other ad, unmanned bits and fill in all the missing hexes. <laughs> yep. and, and last one will be the one that our scouts were, um, still exploring yep. when they got captured. Yep. And, um, We'll very carefully set that one up. And there are some scouts there that look like they have fallen over in some sort of minor earth disturbance. Yeah. But that's about it. Yeah. They are undamaged. There are no broken legs or limbs. Um, and they look at you quite confused um, and then you know, salute your majesty. Uh, what's going on? Uh, you've been trapped in a, um, fake contraption for a couple of months. We, uh, had a war with the First World. Well, one part of the First World. And we won! I... I see, I'm... I'm sorry, I haven't anything half as exciting to report. We, we saw the glass begin to grow rapidly. We started to realise we were trapped, but... It... It wasn't a problem. I... It's like a dream. It's hazy. I don't think it's been anywhere near a couple of months. It didn't feel anywhere near that long. It just... He shrugs slightly. Time time passed uneventfully. Everything was peaceful. It was... Impossible, though. Like... Like a dream. Well, I'm glad to see you back, because I was very upset when you, you, your fellas didn't make it home. Um, the, um, and your families will be glad to see you too. Yes, sure. You, um, you've all, um, you're all getting back pay for the months you're out of it, so it should add up to quite a sum. King <laughs> So, um, well, see you safe homes, uh, um, and um, I'm glad that you're all alright. You're not going to claim that they were unable to report for duty? <laughs> no, we, I, I think if you get trapped in a magical fey realm on my watch, you should get paid for the months you're in the fey realm. That's fair. 
even if you um, would it, it, it's, it's, um, it's not much but it's a bit of hazard pay for um, their services I imagine we probably told their families that um, we thought that there was a good chance we would be able to recover yeah, yeah. them yeah that you thought they'd been effectively taken hostage by right. the first world and you know we, we are hoping to recover them Yeah, we will advise yeah so that's all good and then that because they're function, you'd functionally treat them like prisoners of war from yeah. the family point of view. We have every reason to believe they're still alive. Yeah, um, we have every reason to believe we can rescue them. Hang in there. Yeah, and then um, there's just one bottle left. Littleton. Yes. So that one. Yeah. Um, having established that we can do this, I'm going to talk to some people. Yep. Um. Basically, I'm going to gather up my inner circle. And, um, you know, just sitting looking at the bottle. Yep. I don't know what to do about this one. I think it's, I think it's a fairly simple choice. I agree with Titania, with, uh, Elise's point, that Volta consented for his people. That does not mean he had their consent. It is one thing to be governed and go with the, rule, with the will of your ruler. It is another thing to be governed into a life you do not want with no choice. They could not even flee as refugees if they wanted to. I. It makes sense. It's just, if it was what they wanted, there's no um, getting them back in. If they were even allowed to, but from what it does matter, it does make you're right. What 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 she said indicates that he, he didn't ask the rest of them any more than she did. And their capacity, their very capacity to consent, has been a bridge. Hi, <laughs> that's true enough. I have I very much doubt they are in a state like Niska, but. And undoubtedly they have noticed there are some side effects to the process if they are aware of it. Our scouts reported something hazy and dreamlike. I suspect not in an open field, but in more of a community there will be more interactions to notice more faults in the scenario. It's much easier to grow angry at your neighbour when he is right next to you and then suddenly realise you can't feel it. Is, I mean, you're right. Once we open it, we can't get in. We can't put it, put the village back in the bottle, as it were. I, I was I was trying to get there, but I just couldn't quite quite put it together. Uh, on the other hand, this the bottle is right here on the material plane. I don't suggest that any of us enter, but we have various methods by which we could get in contact with Volta and the people of the townsfolk, the townsfolk themselves directly for that matter if we need to. I, I, I was thinking something in that neighbourhood of asking them, hmm. but as, as Michaela points out, what I really want to do is ask them when they're not under the influence of the bottle, which is a little bit difficult to do. Isn't there some spell that lets you get into people's dreams? Yeah, so Tristan will point out um, you could contact Volta reasonably easily for the level that you're at via dream, via sending, via a few other bits and pieces, um, because it's it's much harder 
if he's off in his own interdimensional plane, but he actually isn't. Yeah. He's right here in front of you. And effectively, the bottle is carrying its own aura of peace and magic that's keeping it small and contained and timeless and blah, 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 blah. So what I want to do is um, ask everybody in the bottle what they yeah. what they would want. Yeah. Of of no and, and, and if the, and, and if they're incapable of answering while they're in the bottle, I want to factor that in. Of note, um, your the, all your scouts report the same thing, sort of hazy, kind of dreamlike. It it felt nice, but it felt like a dream. Mm. Um, and also, all of them are precisely as they went in. None of them have, their hair has not grown, their beards yeah. have not grown. No time appears to have passed for them. Yeah. They have a perception of time passing. Like, we know we got up, we had breakfast, mm. we went to sleep. And it's one of those things where you ask them, how many days do you think it's been? And they go, I mean, a week? No, no, it must have been at least two weeks. I mean, certainly no mm. more than that. Okay. So, you can start asking. Um, incidentally, there are still people protesting in your kingdom that they want to live in a bottle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't actually necessarily make that happen. No. Um, um, the official report or advice of Kalen's government is that um, there don't appear to be any famous realm portals available in Kalen's kingdom, but they're welcome to hive off and see if they can find one somewhere else. Okay, so you... Start. But um, regrettably, they're, um, they've been outvoted by the um, 99% of the kingdom who didn't want to live in the bottle here. So get, you get yourself a nice Corvosan brand wand of dream. Yep. Um, and then start spam casting it. So, slightly used. <laughs> yeah, slightly used. Um, and to put a face to this, I'll start with Volta and then give yep. you a um, broad overview. Yeah. So um, when you enter Volta's dream... You know, kind of short guy, long hair. Um, he is sitting his his head in his headspace. He is sitting outside a simple um, wooden classic sort of log cabin, merrily frying up a rabbit on a fire and looking quite happy. And he looks up at you as you come in, um, and he says, "Caitlin, hey, Walter." And Caleb will just come, come sit down. Looks like just long time no see. Aye, it's it's been a while. How are you feeling? He thinks about this and shrugs slightly. Well enough, I suppose. Uh, things are what they are. He looks around his mindscape, which is not quite clearly a perfect reflection of Littleton because he lives in an actual village instead of out in the woods, but it's metaphorically close enough um, it's fine I I find myself wondering when the next summer will come around the next harvest but I suppose I don't need to worry about such things it will come when it comes everything is just as it was the same is that what you want I know it's what you wanted but is it what you want now that you've gotten a chance to experience it? I, I don't understand. And he sort of thinks about this for a minute, like he's dredging something up from his mind. Oh, that that is when things changed. 
the woman in green steel. Aye. Sorry, it seems like it was a long time ago, but it can't have been more than a week or two. He shakes his head slightly. It's it's like a dream. I, I, I don't know. I... I... What? Where are you? What? What? How did you get here? What has happened? Uh, the... Uh, y- you know she and I were fighting? I, I won. And uh, there's a bottle with Littleton in it. It's sitting on my desk. I'm talking to you via dream magic. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah, uh, I mean, okay, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm just... I know you told her that you wanted your people to be safe more than anything. I'm just wanting to make certain that's that's still what you want and still what they want, and that that's what they want. My... I'm not sure if you necessarily understood what she was going to do. A neighbor came to see me the other day. Uh, he said I was cheating in the last game of cards we were playing. He was right, of course. Get the nods and I get sure. <laughs> he wanted to tell me that he knew I had cheated him, but he didn't get angry about it. And as he turned, he knocked over my entire mug of ale, soaked it across my pants. Yeah, he's always been a bit of a clumsy person. Uh, kind of a... Uh, no, he is, he is not stupid. He means well. No. An idiot would be unkind. He says, thinking about this, <laughs> and mulling over his own words and looking slightly confused. I should have been... Upset with him. They were my favorite pair of pants, but the next day they were perfectly mended as if it had never happened. Why wasn't I angry with him? In the bottle you can't get angry. Or sad, I think. Nothing bad can happen to you. Really nothing can happen to you. Doesn't change, does it? He says, looking around at the perfect woods. Nay. The harvest is never coming. The fruit will come. But But the seasons won't turn. The seasons won't turn. We have never had to harvest it. You won't have to worry about wolves attacking, but you won't have a sudden windfall of a flock of deer. Some fellow won't come to town and you'll cheat him out. You, you, you won't have the option of some trader coming to town and you cheat him out of a um, good deal of money and you have a sudden windfall and repair your hut a bit more. When Littleton was first founded, we parted ways from Pytax. I did not think it would work. I thought the Clockwork King would crack down ruthlessly on dissidents within his walls, and yet, if anything, he gave us his blessing, 
I, no one else would speak for the people, so I did to him. He gave me something strange that comes to my mind again. He said that to be unchanging is to stagnate. And then he simply let us go to do as we will, as long as we stayed out of his borders, complied with the conditions. He shrugs details. Um, I think now I have some more understanding of what he meant. He could have forced us to stay the same way, but he let us change. I think if anyone could have understood that staying the same way isn't good forever, it'd be him. What happens all of Littleton is like this, isn't it? Aye. But I have the bottle now. I can take it to where Littleton was. I can put you all back. Yeah. Back to war. Back to invasion. Back to chaos. Back to hunger. Back to fear. Back to life. Littleton may not stay the same as it was if that happens. There, uh, you might find that people slip off to Stagthorn and Mervoy with both of them so close. You might decide to become part of Stagthorn proper and build up into a proper village or ask to be absorbed by Mervoy and work it out with treaties given they're so much closer. Might be raided by a dragon tomorrow and all get killed. No one can say what the future holds. Unless we stay here, in which case we can say exactly what it holds. I didn't want to make this choice for you, given that I've put so much effort into not having anyone make this choice for me. But I'm glad I came in and talked to you, because I thought in my head that it'd be better, but now that I'm in here, I'm I'm thinking maybe you didn't necessarily know what you were signing everyone up for. I didn't intend to speak for my people. I never intended to speak for my people. I Just someone needs to be in charge. I I understand. You didn't. You didn't ma- try to make this choice for them. You just told her what it was that you wanted no, for he, them. No, he really, really didn't. It's um, the people. He rules by consent of the people of Littleton, which yeah. is which is what fits with Titania's magic. Yeah. You know, you too are king by consent as well as by law. People could overthrow you if they put enough thought into it. All right. Well, I'm going to ask everyone of Littleton, but tell me what you want. He thinks about this for a long moment, sort of stirs his rabbit round the fire, um, pushes it in, off the end of the stick, watches it drop into the flames, watches it for a good solid couple of minutes where it should be crisping and charring and just turning to ash, then spears it again, picks it up and it looks nice and well cooked. He bites into it and it's of course perfect. And he shrugs at this. I do not even know how to begin to make a decision about this. Alright. Well, you rule with the consent of the people. 
I'll ask everyone what they want to do, and we'll go from there. As none of you, as there's no, as all of you are your own independent free spirits, yep. I'll ask every one of you, and we'll go with the majority. Yep. And you may do so. Yep. Um, and you get answers all over the map. Some people think it's great. Um, other people just want to be left alone and don't want to think about the consequences of it. Like, it'll be fine. Just, just fuck off. Mm-hmm. I don't want to touch it. Um, unquestionably, unquestioningly, if you uncork the bottle, there will be people who are unhappy with your decision. Like every decision Carolyn has ever made, yeah. some people will be unhappy with it. Um, other people, however, want out. Yeah. Um, and it is by sort of a reasonably slim majority, you're talking between 50 to 60% of the people want to go back to living and run the risk. But the other forty percent don't. Cool. That that's good enough for me. Fair enough. All right, and um, we'll have the conversation and have the group group table. All right, more of them want out than want to stay in, and Volton didn't intend to do this to them. He just she asked what he wanted for his people. He said he wanted them to be safe, and that was good enough. So that being the case, I'm good to make this decision. We'll take the bottle down, Tristram and I will take the bottle down to Littleton and we'll uncork it and I'll tell them what I've done and why. Yep. And... <laughs> you do so, like washing falls off clotheslines and yeah. things like that. A few tiles crack off the roofs. Other than that, the town is fine and more or less right where you left it. Yeah. As if nothing has changed. Yeah. Except for these now bewildered people coming out of their houses. From their point of view, you've just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, possibly with a small retinue of people yeah. as well. Um, and they're quite confused, like the scouts. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And um, Kaelin's going to talk to everyone and, you know, pretty much spend, you know, a bunch of time talking to them and explaining yeah. what's happening and why. Yeah. And... People nod at this. Some people are irate at you. you know, How could you do this? You've yeah. destroyed my family. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and then you've got the other people, the couple coming out with the reasonably little baby in their arms that can't be more than sort of a month old or so. And... Wait. We can go to see his grandmother? We... We wanted to. We wanted to take her to Pytaxia to see his grandmother, but we didn't. And it didn't feel like a bad decision. It just... They looked down at the one-month-old baby, looked back up, like, how long has it been? Uh, you know, six or seven months at this point. We're going to see my grandmother. <laughs> We're going to see my mother. <laughs> Great, says the guy. We're going to go stay with your mother in Pytaxia. So, Kaelin basically offers to spend a bit of money, to give the town of Littleton, effectively, um, some money to help them through this crisis. Yeah. Which is basically, what it boils down to is 
it's a bribe for the people who are unhappy with his decision. Yeah. But because it's really unfair to want to give it to the people who are unhappy with his decision, he's just flat out going to give everybody a little thousand money. Makes good sense. And they can do do with it as they will. Mm-hmm. That's not out of the kingdom treasury. That's out of Caelan's personal funds. It's uh, yeah. not difficult for him to afford it at this no, point. No, not, not for what a little place like this needs. And... Um, at that point, he's going to say that his answer is the same as it was before. He thinks that they should seriously consider signing on with either Mavoy or um, yeah, or um, Stagthorn at this point. Yeah. But if they don't, Stagthorn's coming south, and you know Stagthorn will continue to respect their borders, and yeah. they can be a little town that's not beholden to continue to be a little town that's not beholden to anyone if they like. Yeah. And. Um, Again, those who want to be in a bottle are welcome to go seek one elsewhere, but this kingdom yeah. is not super bottle friendly. Yeah. And, and at that point, he pretty much leaves it there. But yeah. he's, he puts a reasonable amount of time and resources into actually settling them back down, because, you know, he has made a fairly arbitrary decision on their behalf. It, not without consulting them, but consulting them and then ignoring the ones that said no. Mm, mm. <laughs> but, you know... Frankly, being consulted in the first place is kind of a step up for the um, medieval peasantry. Yeah. And then he leaves Littleton to experience the fate that the wide world has in store for them. Yep. An opportunity that, you know, he feels people should not take for granted at this point. Yep, (laughs) And because this isn't Dragon Age, it's not immediately overrun by murderous wyverns. Yeah, he doesn't use big dragon then you'll all get, possibly all get destroyed by dragon tomorrow in the conversation with the rest of the people. That's wise. The baby wouldn't approve. <laughs> and yes, and then he goes home. Kill Baines. Bottles, the bottle problem is solved. Kill Baines. Okay. Wither Shins 2 from here in the montage. Uh, the only thing I particularly, I don't know if we want to have any, like, closing scenes with people, the only, and I presume you're going to give me, like, a montage of stuff that's happening in the kingdom more generally. Yes. The only thing I particularly want to accomplish is I want to do a, redraw my council to see what it looks like in six months when, um, things have, um, quietened down and people have gone off on, um, honeymoons and things. Yeah, no problem. If you want to, um... That that one will require a little bit of jiggling around the council and having a look at the list. Yep, if you want to do it on the sheet, you can. Yep, Um, I figured what I'd do is I'd leave this one there, and then I'd put a neighbouring one... That's exactly what I was about to ask you to do. Yep. Give me a few minutes to do that, and then I figure that can be part of the montage. And then I'm happy to do any scenes with people if there's, like, people that want to talk to me and stuff. So I think it's um, probably worth doing a goodbye with Tristan and Michaela. Absolutely. I I can't really see... Uh, like, if you want finishing scenes with Bryn and Svetlana or anything like that, you can, but I can't really see... Um, it be necessary? No, I don't think so at this point. Do you need any help with that for who's um, staying and going and things? Uh, I believe it's just Tristram and Michaela who are going. Yeah. So I don't believe so. Um, Huxley is also happy to step out. Cool. If you don't want him anymore. Sure. Is he happy to stay if I do want him? Yes. 
Um, in order to um, rejig my council, one of the things I'm doing is um, I'm replacing Tristram. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, in a as com- the magister, no, as a complete in a completely different role. So it's cool. It's it's not like it's not like that. Okay, so um, I can give you a quick briefing on this, or we can just go over it when we get up to that point in the story, which might be more dramatic. Proxy Um I guess if you want to do, um. Goodbyes with people first we can, if not... Um, um, I don't like first. to do it in that order because it's more chronologically satisfying. Sure. You're, you're, you are the only player here <laughs> I need to satisfy, so... Sure, so yes, so um, a few months passes. Yep. So um, feel free to narrate what's what's going down at this stage. Right, so... Um, this is sort of about the three-month montage overview. Um... Uh, there has been peace across Stagthorn. Um, nobody has seen um, much of LSE, the mysterious druid said to wander the woods. Um, she has, however, kept in irregular contact with you. Literally, animals show up and start talking to you. Yeah. Um, just kind of like a bird just flies through the window. Yeah. Caleb! Caleb! Um, no more dreams. Cool. That power is no longer with her. Yeah. She is forced to use animal messages like other humans. Yep. Yeah. Humans with multiple druid levels. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, isn't dream a druid spell? No, actually it isn't. Ah, uh, there, there It's a sorcerer yeah. spell, but uh, not yeah. one she knows. Yep, yeah, fair enough. Because she had to make room for prismatic spray. Yep. Yeah. Because it's so good. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm less keen on that. I think Three months later, it's too soon. Yeah, yeah. Kaelin's <laughs> still holding some prismatic spray-related barges. Um, by this point, Fort Drelev, Stagthor, uh, Fort Drelev, Elk's Rest, etc., etc., completely rebuilt. More yeah. buildings are going up on a weekly basis in, um... Yeah. Rosethorn, was it? Uh, yes, Rosethorn. Um, all that kind of thing. Um, and peace is reigning gloriously. Yep. Um, by this point, um... Kaelin will be actively engaged in investigating the bits of Pytax he never got round to properly exploring. Elders and Crystal have made their intentions clear, but have not actually acted on them yet. Yeah. Um, they, when their baby is, um, about a year old, which will happen in another two or three months at this point... When Rosemary, young Rosemary Thorne is about a year old, they're going to deem her up for a life of <coughs> sailing, not, yep. not piracy. Yeah, definitely and not piracy. Return to the shackles. Yep. They're basically just waiting until they deem that she's old enough to travel. Yeah, yeah Kayla has legitimately missed this catch and assumes they're being merchant traders. Absolutely. Because Kayla is lawfully alive. Which both of them will strongly encourage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Eldis was lawfully aligned. You have moved him off lawful with your actions. That was not my intent. I can give you a precise at the end if you want of whose alignments shifted. Because of what you did and where. Anyway, I feel like Crystal should really take the majority lion's share of the blame for the piracy thing. Tristan and Michaela have um, not married. Yeah. um, Have not... um, insofar as either of them have told you consummated their relationship. Yep. Um, Although, really, Kaelin is um, 
really ecstatic to at this point be uninformed about yeah, yeah, what's going on with his um, various brothers' sex lives. It's just one of those things that no one involved informs you of and everyone's happier that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. The um, They're still together is the extent that I care about that. They are planning on leaving um, to go to the First World whenever it seems appropriate and best for the kingdom. They're in no mad hurry, and it's not like they've got a lot to take. Yeah. Like they just, Tristan just kind of goes, okay, off we go, plane shift. Yeah. <laughs> so. Although I kind of envisage Matt Caleb will be leaving with a backpack filled with every conceivable contingency. <laughs> yes, yes it is. <laughs> um, so when you are good for them and say, yeah, I think the kingdom's in a stable enough place. Yeah, I think this three-month mark seems like a pretty appropriate time. Then Michaela will say, okay, we'll begin making our preparations, and three weeks later she's ready to leave. Yeah. Um, At which point Tristram just instantly is. Although actually he's got to take all those books, but presumably he has extra-dimensional storage space for that kind of thing. When you... Then then they come to you... um, and as they come through the door, the Kayla is saying quietly to Tristan, I still think we probably need a sixth bag of holding. <laughs> and Tristan just waves it off. It'll be fine. <laughs> Trust me. I do. And Galen smiles happily. And they walk in hand in hand, and Tristan, at this point, with his almost neon green skin, says... It's about time, brother, I think. I I thought this would be coming, and I've um, made my plans. We caught, Svit- we caught Svitlana on the way out. That's good. Or on the way into here, rather. Um, and Tristan will shake your hand firmly, and then a moment later, Michaela will do the same. Big, manly, <laughs> strong hand clasp. Tristan's, Tristan, it must be said... Gives you his very best manly handshake and yeah. squeezes like a man with positive strength. Yeah, and I'm proud. I'm. I don't think I'm very good at goodbyes. I've never had to do many. I it's uh, I guess in my head I thought we'd get everyone together, and you know finally have things more or less under control and people out of Bravois and the first world and places sort of gestures in the general direction. Yeah. And we'd all just live here. This is... I'm an adventurer, I suppose, but I'm not much of a... I, I've spent my, a, a good portion of my life on the move and deep roots are what I want. And I think everybody else is good to have a place to go, but people want to go out and see more of the world and that's alright I think you and I will always be part of each other all the experiences that we've had since we first came down here on our uh, horses looking for fabulous elven ruins and finding uh, mostly grass (laughs) and bandits and trapdoor spiders all the experience, all and the that pe- one place that was just full of bear traps. <laughs> <laughs> all the pe- all the things that we're not the same people we can we were when we came down here. And um, <laughs> Kettle will look down at himself and then over Tris. Uh, we're, cer- we're certainly not that, but in a way we still are. We'll always be part of each other, even if uh, 
if you're gone for a year and then you plane shift in tomorrow because you've found some terrible peril that you need my help with, you know I'll be there. And I know if something terrible strikes the kingdom and I need you, I can call and you'll come. We'll always be part of each other. This place will always be waiting here for you when you're ready to come back to it. But it's not the only home you have, and you've been here, you've been in this realm for a good many years, and it's time to see, it's time to see the other. Michaela nods at this, and she says, Stagthorn is the best home I've ever had, and you're the best friend I've ever had, Caitlin Thorne. And Caitlin is just going to hug her at yes, this point. Yes, absolutely, which she will lean hard into. She's unsurprisingly fully mailed up at this point, <laughs> tower shield on her back and everything else ready to go. Um, and she will, as she pulls back, she takes the veil off her face, shimmers, turns back into a half-orc, looks at it for a moment, twitches very slightly, and then folds it up and puts it into her backpack. She's certainly not going to leave. Leaving it here with you might be a better gesture, but she's damn sure not going to do it. It, it, it just, it seems, I suspect what's nagging at her is she may well need that disguise capacity at some point and then really wish yep, she yep, had it. Even though Tristan has vastly better disguise spells than she does. But what if they're in an anti-magic field? Yep. <laughs> Yep, yep, or, yep. or what if Tristram's unconscious and she has to sneak into a place to rescue him? Gotta consider every possibility. And, uh, well, I think putting it in her backpack is a big enough gesture. She says, I know we can always return, return here. Believe me, I'm counting on it. <laughs> I expect you to keep the place in good order. I, I'll never be the politician that you are, but I've got, um, I've got good people to watch out for me, and one way or another, you've been watch, watching out for me since I was 12 years old. And I think you've earned a holiday. Yes, well, there are those left in the kingdom who can still advise you politically. Um, she taps her fingers slightly, sort of thinks about those on your um, ground counselling. Not, not, not Tris, not Vard, not Svetlana, not any of these good-aligned, good-hearted people. Well, as we've learned, as we know, people can learn their way into a job when they need to. I'm planning to bring Sir Frederick March in. I'm sure he'll be valuable in some capacity. <laughs> she says, she, he won't fill the hole that I see in your council. No. The Michaela-shaped hole of somebody give you the practical, useful advice, not this paladin bullshit. Yeah. Um, and I can assure you I'm a lot more suspicious of people than I was when I was younger. I have confidence in you. Niska helped me. Niska helped me grow in this area, and I thank her for it, in a way. I have confidence (laughs) in your abilities, Caleb. Once you've done a soul-eating lich, two gigantic gigantic invasions from opposing kingdoms, a resurrected barbarian warlord, oh, and a fake goddess, I don't think there's much left that's going to shake you. On the other hand, the kingdom's a much bigger target than it was when we were um, two little villages with a road we were still working on between them. Ah, yes, says Tristan. But, just as I told you originally, well back when we talked about the kingship, puts a hand very sincerely on your shoulder and pats you. It's your target now. <laughs> With a very Michaela-esque expression on his face where he is he is endeavouring to look very serious and not quite succeeding. Yeah, and um, Caelan will clap him on the shoulder but pull the blow so it's not actually very hard. As, I, 
Then you go off and see the world, and I'll stay here and take care of the paperwork. Seems only fair. We'll be back one day, Caleb. The world is wide and full of wonders. Aye, so it is. All one world to see. Caleb will give them one last arm clasp each, and um, I think because this is a good visual, as they shimmer out of existence, we'll sit back down at his desk. Yeah, so Tristan will... um, Turn. They both hug you again. Yeah. Tristan will turn to Michaela, sort of put her hand, his hand on her face where the veil was, and stroke her cheek gently. Um, and he says to her, "You've shown me who you are. Told me where you come from. Time I showed you where I came from." Holds his amulet of the plains, and the two of them shimmer out and vanish. And Galen will smile in a relatively sappy manner that he's probably glad no one saw, and then settle down for some paperwork. And I think, um, at that point we cut to next month's council session, and, um, Galen will say, alright, so we've had some changes. Uh, in fact, one more. Yep, sure. Um, well, you have not been paying attention to this, because Michaela can get this past you fairly easily. Um, when you sit down in your book again, in your paperwork, in your book that you're working on or whatever again, um, there is now a note in it um, that says, love is for fairy tales and children, in her handwriting, crossed out. And then at the end, some fairy tales have a happy ending. <laughs> okay, that gets a very sappy expression. Kaelin is actually going to keep that note. Throwing this note after reading it was clearly implied. <laughs> yeah, Kaelin keeps it. Yeah. My apologies for cutting you off. Go no. back to your council meeting. Yeah, that's fine. So, all right. So we've had to reorganize things a little. Some people have decided to go off for, vac- for a holiday in the first world. It takes all sorts. But uh, I think we've got a good team here, and uh, we should be able to look after things just fine. And Kellen will glance around at his table. And my new counselor is Sir Frederick Marsh. That's a nice choice. Yep. yep. Uh, my new general is Keston Garris. My diplomat remains Svetlana. My viceroy of Dr- Fort Drelev remains Lillian. My high priest is a Cora Silverfire. Interesting, yeah. She was, she'd served in that role briefly once before. Yeah, yeah. Um, my magister is Christopher Rossi. Yep. My marshal is Zamath. Yep. My royal, I have indeed thanked Huxley for his service. He signed up because I asked him to, yes. so. Um, and my royal enforcer is Chief Sootscales. Fulfilling my Gorham-like role. About time. Him and his giant club will make it clear to people that they should do things Let's my way. Let's crack some heads. Yeah. Um, my spy master is, of course... Spy master, per lavish. Uh, my treasurer is Leon. The viceroy of Vanthold is Van Thor. Yep. And uh, my warden... It's Tristor. Yeah, it's a, it's a good fit for him. Yeah. So that's every single person on that list is doing a job that they said they were fine to do. Yep. And a job that I am happy with them doing. Admittedly, Keston Garris up to general is a little bit nerve-wracking, but I think he's grown out of the vaunting and just charging heedlessly into the fray. Given you'd, be, you'd, uh, you'd be surprised what a couple of good captures will do for you. <laughs> And, you know, he hasn't been on the council since the very beginning. I yeah. felt like he has earned his place back. Yeah. And now that I have enough spaces, I have space for him and Sir Frederick Marsh. Ah, 
This job got a lot harder now that we have actual armies instead of the ten-man militia band that I started with being your general of. <laughs> All good. All good. And that's and that's the team of and that's the team of faces. Yes, I have um, one paladin, um, one um, disgraced ace nobleman turned um, heroic um, army commander. Um, one shopkeeper's wife turned paladin, so yep. there's two paladins on the council, proud of that. Um, one ex-girlfriend, <laughs> yeah, that, that was a great decision. One, two centaurs, um, a, a, um, secret, um, a secret, um, worshipper of, um, Puck to replace my secret worshipper of Puck. As one does. Um, it's not an obligation. You yeah. Didn't, you didn't take a deal with the Church of Puck at the start. Uh, two brothers, one um, fairy dragon, and one commoner. Uh, one commoner and one kobold chief. Very nice. There we go. Centaurs, kobolds, and fae and all represented on the council. And several people named Thorne, because nepotism is highly underrated. Well done, you. Alright, yes. I'm proud of that. that was, I really wanted to work that out, and it was all worth it. Okay, so I'm figuring um, kind of abstract overview of the next um, couple of years. It sounds great. Leading into more future speculative. Yeah. Um, and or me going running through the list of NPCs and going, this is what happens to this one, this is what happens to this one. Um, both of those things sound good. Do you want to do... Um Summary: A bit of a summary of the next couple of years, yep. and then outcomes for some important NPC, for important yep. NPCs. Yep. So, over the next few years, there is a glorious time of peace. Kalen thrice crowned triple champion of the Midnight Joust <laughs> returns each year. Svetlana will um, be mustering a few wins in the archery by this point as well. Yeah. Where um, she wasn't previously, I don't think. Was she? No, um, Tristram Tristram was your uh, last time. I don't think Spitline was a PC at that stage. No, she wasn't because we we left Corwin behind because we left Corwin behind to look after the kingdom and then he had to to fight off an alien invasion invasion virtually single-handed. Yeah. It is a time of peace for Stagthorn, but that does not mean all is well, of course. The bottlers continue to complain. Yeah. Um, several of them leave the kingdom in protest, and the world is richer for it. Yeah. That, that's great. That's the outcome Caelan was looking for. Yep, yep. They complain endlessly that you're not doing it right, and they won't wear masks, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it became it became a metaphor in a way we possibly weren't quite intending. <laughs> we want the stupid decision, even if it's stupid. Yeah. Because freedom. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, it does not mean Stagnum was without challenges. There are the bottlers. There are any number of little day-to-day political decisions. Do you raise taxes on this? Did you pay too much of a percentage of emergency relief fund to Fort Drelev? You know, the people of Lakeview claim that their disaster was bigger since they lost all their, you know, 
boats and so they lost several mm-hmm. boats in the lake when the whirl when, when the whirlpools took it and blah yeah. blah and there are black feathers everywhere now from these damn swans. Did we get our share of the giant golden statue bounty? Yep. I, d- I think not. Yep, yep. People want to go into thousands. Everyone knows the king's used to. Um, everyone knows the Fort Draylor Viceroy is the king's ex. That's why they got the biggest share of the treasury. People want to go into thousand breaths and start cutting down a bunch of trees that previously the Clockwork King had forbidden them to go go and yeah. um, go and harvest. People, uh, Pytaxians were allowed in there for the most part, but they yeah. damn sure weren't allowed to mass lumber harvest the trees. Yeah, and they're um, not now. <laughs> yeah. They complain. Um, the Mivonese, the Mivoyese dele- delegation of lumberjacks also complain that, you know, they want it now as well, and yeah. it's good for trade relations and blah, blah, yibble, yibble. Um about two years from now, there is a problem when several of the outcast Tiger Lord barbarians team up with several of the outcast orcs from Beltson, um, form their own effectively large roving banditry squad, and start striking in and out of the River Kingdoms. At some point, they make the very foolish decision to make their um, make their camp hiding in the thick, mysterious forests of Thousand Breaths. And then they make the even more foolish decision to start abducting Pretty Woman to satisfy their needs. An extraordinary number of them go blind. (laughs) (laughs) And then Stagthorn's army wipes them out. Um, Elisee, the former Titania, spends several months in the woods just kind of on her own, walking around watched by the Fae. Doesn't really get up to anything much. And then one day simply walks out of the woods without a penny in her pocket and starts selling her services of Rose Thorn. You know, I will help you grow your crops, etc., etc., in return for this thing you call gold. Yeah. <laughs> then I will set up a small house. The nice thing about a druid cover is that people expect... There's an argument she's not actually more eccentric than Crazy Ernie. Yeah. Certainly less so than Bokken. Yeah. People expect druids and wilds and wilds men and women to be weird. It must be said that Stagthorn, um, uh, whenever it needs it, whenever there are problems for such, experiences extraordinary growth and harvest and good weather. Yeah. Not regularly. It's not a thing that she is doing routinely, but every time there's there's anything starting to resemble a famine, we really need rain. Oh, look, rain came. Kalen is completely intent with that. He never said he had a problem with weather control. Yeah. <laughs> it's just storm of vengeance you have a problem with. Yeah. I wanted to cast that, but it takes six rounds to start doing anything. Yeah, excellent. If I'd known how long the fight was going to go. Yeah, yeah, it would actually have been a really good call. Yeah, it's just prismatics. It's still the prismatic spray he has a problem with. Um, it's notable that for the, for at least the next six months, Galen gets up in the middle of the night and goes and checks. His kids are still in, yeah. all three of his kids are still where he left them. They are indeed, and they are growing up and growing up strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's kind of my broad overview. Stagthorn generally prospers. But Stagthorn does indeed generally prosper. But there are still troubles. We yes. gradually extend more into Pytaxia and the unclaimed areas. I would very much assume that over over the next couple of years you expand a good bit into that, and over the next couple of decades you probably fill it entirely. Yeah, at which point we're pretty much we're out of land. Yeah. Kaelin certainly endeavours to buy people in the general understanding that this is a very large chunk of the River Kingdoms and we're not going to go invade our neighbours so we can have more. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
Very much so. Shall I go to, um, uh, rather than going to the long term future, I'll probably go through the NPCs because yeah. that touches on it somewhere. Sounds good. Um, and I think I will leave Kaelin and Bryn to the last. Sounds good. Okay, uh, may I have your council list? Yes. Um, I will probably run through them, then other people. Um, so, Sir Frederick March is, of course, a man who cares about the people. So this is kind of in an arbitrary... It's yeah. in the arbitrary order that I have listed these in, which yeah. is somewhat alphabet, the NPCs in, which is somewhat alphabetical. On my sheet of nearly a hundred different named NPCs. I'm yeah, we're not going to do all. We're not going to do all hundred. <laughs> what you don't care what happened to Archibald Amadeus, the architect? Or I, I, I kind of presume he considered um, continued to talk like that in a righteous sentence and read mobbed him. And that's Shunt the Barfork innkeeper. I kind of assume he's keeping it in. Mick I know what happened to Mick He's generaling uh, the cobbles on me. Uh, so Sir Frederick March is, of course, an excellent counsellor. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of figured he would be. The people unite behind him. Um, Keston Garris does, never really has another major war on his hands over yeah. his duration as general. Um, Svetlana and Vaughn um, will broadly move out of Elk's Rest and back to Barnhold with Varn's new position. Svetlana mm. goes with him, of course, mm. and goes back and forth. Yeah. Because in her particular case, it's very easy. Poof, they teleport and just show up at the meeting. Yeah. She also makes an excellent grand diplomat for this region because, you know, we need somebody to go across to our neighbouring kingdom. Poof. Yeah. We need somebody to go... Ten kingdoms that way for a mission to Catapesh. Oh, okay, well that's genuinely going to take me like a, a couple of weeks as yeah. opposed to several months. Yeah. Um, it is about three years down the track from here when they add to the Thorn clan. Yay! And have their own tiny child. Yay! Um, Lillian. Yep. Viceroy of Fort Drelev. Uh, clings like grim death to her political power. Yeah. Um, and, and is never prepared to let it go. Yeah. Um, keeps her fingers in several black market pies in Fort Drelev, but has a pretty good understanding of where the line lies between, um, all, all of it is for helping her people, some of it is for not quite legal things. Yeah. But, um, it's very much what I told the, um, smuggler rat. Um, Sagthorn has laws about smuggling, and it would be better if you're all concerned if the king didn't find out about any smuggling that was happening within um, Sagthorn's borders. Yep. Which is not to say that Caelan assumes there isn't any, but that Caelan assumes that if anyone, if people doing it are good enough not to get caught, then that's good enough. Despite, um, from Caelan's point of view, the oddity of the pairing, her and Cassandra Nemesti seem to be very happy. And they stay together for the duration of their lifetime. Excellent. Um, Lord Tyrion Nemesti never really quite makes his peace with it. Yeah. Um, he, they have a they have a successful relationship, or rather, with his daughter. He's yeah. Not. Lillian is definitely the woman that married his daughter and is thus involved in his life. Well, I mean, the thing is that um, leaving aside that she took him or she took Cassandra away from everything he wanted to, there's also the fact that the two of them um, get along with each other roughly as well as Ka- as Kaelin and Garn- uh, Bonepicker got along. Yeah. 
So um, they they never have an overly close relationship yeah. as father and daughter, but they get they they eventually start getting along reasonably civilly. Yeah. Um, he, however, will be leaving your kingdom when Tamari Navesti, the other daughter, um, now arranges a fine, upstanding marriage to a noble of Mavoy. Yeah. And he will move kingdoms over to there. Yeah, possibly back to the old Bravoy where he's still returning to his traditional... Where things are right. Yeah, where things are done properly. Yeah. But honestly, you know, him and Lillian being at least a kingdom apart may well be more peaceful for everyone, Cassandra included. (laughs) A core of Silverfire, other than... A few odd little blips here and there where your high priest, where your high priestess is Deneen Thunderhoof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the, there's the occasional little war. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I don't know who she follows, possibly some sort of martial deity, but the kingdom's priesthood can just toughen up when war comes. Uh, she follows Desna. Yeah. Um, like, like most of the centaurs, Mother Moon. Yeah. Um, but t- in a way that's, um, it's sort of the equivalent of, like, I'm a good Christian. Ever read the Bible? I don't really go in for that sort of thing. What about going to church? Eh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so especially you... you believe in the divinity of, of Jesus, yeah. right? You know, or in this case, you know, you believe that Desna's guidance. Sure. It's great. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Keep, let's fight. It, it's, it, I, I think it's, uh, yes, it's important to the ancient folklore of our people, who are a proud warrior clan. Pretty much. And the Mother Moon's guidance, we have become a proud warrior clan. Yeah. Let's fight some people with our bows. Her philosophy <laughs> is aligned with Gorham. Yeah. Her public and private worship is both for Desna. Yeah. But that's okay. That's two, that's two deities that are very important within our kingdom right there. The centaurs, however, are thriving. Three decades from now, their population has literally doubled. Excellent. Which uh, still isn't an amazingly huge number, but it's a hell of an improvement where they are. Yeah. And it must be said that the centaur women are pretty happy with the concept that now it's not one guy picking between 15 girls. Yeah. Getting a more normal... Um, it's it's, it's now a much more normal distribution yeah. of, you know, there's about 15 girls, 15 female centaurs for every 10 male ones. Yeah, that's a, which will, of course, in time lead to a greater population growth. Yes. Uh, Christopher Rossi is, of course, an excellent magister. I thought he would be. Instructing his, instructing, um, the education system functionally. Yeah. Instructing his students, um, to always look beyond for the mysteries that lie within. Always look to the next boundary. Never let you, never let your discoveries be limited. Yeah. Delve greedily and deeply. Yeah, yeah. Academy is closed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry. It will turn out that Titania is, of course, right. Leave human beings long enough and they start exploring the Cthulhu mythos. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, spy master per lavish. Yes. Um, never seems to get any older. Yeah. Um, is quite happy being the spy master, is quite doing, is doing quite a good job, and will still be there when Kaelin is long done with being king. Yeah. Um, Leon, the treasurer, by the time he makes it to about age age sort of fifty odd, and decides that you know ultimately it's time for him to retire and yeah. enjoy his um, uh, vast wealth. Yeah. Which you know now he's developed up to the point where I have like decent bed sheets. Yeah. You know? 
I've, I've outgrown my peasant youth. Yeah. I've now become, like, lower middle class, even yeah. though I'm getting paid like an upper class person. Ah, yeah, so he's just got a vast pile of money and, yeah. um, a, a media, a, and a moderate lifestyle. And eventually retires to, um, spend more time with, with his pile of money. And, uh, one hopes his wife. Mm. I would certainly hope he would have been able to attract a nice I girl. I would certainly think so, but yeah. no one who's, um... No, no, it doesn't have to be a PC. It's not going to be Quintessa Moray. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good if we just don't see her anymore. Um... What's the next one? Uh, Triss. Yes. Um, Very interested in this. It takes a good couple of years before he adjusts fully... Yeah. Um, he, as warden, he is very prone to um, do his job via imperious command. Yeah. He will ride into villages and say, there is a problem here. You know, I will solve it. Do this, 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 and this. And he's, you know, he's often right. His directions are good. He damn sure knows how to deal with the sort of weird crap that still periodically leaks out of the first world. Yeah. Because you still get the odd giant fucking owlbear and all this sort of thing. Honestly, I feel like this is kind of a role where you should listen to Imperialist commands from a guy who knows a lot more about the faith than you do. Yeah. <laughs> and after a few years of adjustment, he will adjust to the fact that your folk are just kind of fugly. Yeah. You know, but it's what we got. Yeah. And actually, it turns out they have quite nice hearts and yeah. personalities. Yeah. Like, they don't just sleep with you wantonly and then leave in the morning and you yeah. never see them again. Yeah. And honestly, that can actually be kind of nice. Yeah. You know, to find a woman who's still there the next day. Yeah. All right, that's your new council list. Uh on your old council list disappeared off that. Uh, the, 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 um, Huxley yes. um, is going to retire from the kingdom and council both and follow after Eldis and Cressel. Excellent. Um, Eldis and Cressel and the young Rosemary Thorne are going to return to the shackles where they will periodically send Kaelin letters to tell them um, that to tell him, you know, that their merchant trade empire is doing well down there because all they need is some savvy political decisions. Yeah. Um, they will actually come back up at some point to see Svetlana and Van and the new child again. Yeah. You know, stay for a month or two, leave yeah. again. Uh, they are totally becoming pirate lords down there. Yeah. Shackles. Yeah. Um, Eldis finds this very refreshing. It's like politics, but really open about how you do it. Yeah. You know, you've and still you've still got to be cunning. And you've still got to follow a certain code. Yeah. You know, but but you can get away with a lot more. And honestly, um, considering Elvis has already been, always kind of been kind of terrifying, I imagine that actually translates really well to piracy. Yeah. And of course, Cressel has always been terrifying. Cressel was basically a pirate anyway who happened to live in the woods. Yeah, yeah. Um, she will also fit in really well down there because... Um, in the shackles, uh, Besmara, the pirate goddess, has really strict rules about not raping people. Yeah. So the shackles has the lowest rate across the entire country, presuming yeah. there was any across the entire world, presuming yeah. there was any database for such things. Yeah. Um, uh, young Zamanth, who over the next few decades is of course becoming not so young Zamanth. Yeah. Matures. Yeah. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Yes, I'm kind of figuring she might be one of the ones who wants to step down when um, Tristram and Michaela come back. Mm. 
because by that stage she'll probably say that even now that she's had adult responsibility, she wants adventure. Yeah. That's fair. Alright, who else have we got going down my list here? Uh, Chief Soot Scales. Yep. I don't know if I, I must have just passed him on the list. Oh, yeah, I did him, didn't I? Uh, no, you didn't. Great. Cool, so as your royal enforcer, you know, he's kind of happy with this because not that he would ever tell Kaelin this, he will never verbalise this, it's just something Kaelin starts to pick up over the years, is he has always sold himself as being the wise kobold chief who knows everything there is to know about ruling, because he started by ruling 30 kobolds in a cave, and you basically get that position by having a bigger club and pretending you're smarter than the next guy. Yeah. And that's more or less the strategy he's kept up since then. He has been drowning in the council politics, because it's just well over his head. Yeah. Um, but Royal Enforcer, on the other hand, is a much more personal thing. Yeah. There's trouble. I go sort out the troublemakers. Yeah. I'm doing a good job. He is happy with that. Yeah. Uh, Kaelin has, of course, converted him hard away to Gorham. Yeah. Whether you intended to or not. Yeah. He is now a devout Goramite. Yeah. Okay. Who else in the world? Uh, on my old council list here, I have Celia Ravenbrow. Um, Michaela and Triss. Michaela and Tristram. Uh, yes. So... Michaela and Tristan will, in fact, return to Stagthorn at some point several years hence, stay a while, and then go again. Okay, cool. Um, this is the home they come back to. It is not the home that they live in. Yep. And they are basically having awesome space adventures across the different planes of reality. That does sound like something that would make Tristram very happy. And um, quite possibly is something Michaela didn't realise that she wanted, but that she actually gets a lot of joy out of. Um, when Michaela returns, she has not in fact abandoned the veil, but both of them have this kind of weird thing where their appearance just changes on a regular basis. Yeah. Like she will come down with brunette hair, and then the next day it is shock white, then the next day it is neon pink. Yeah. Without seeing this as any sort of thing, the next yeah. day it's shaved, shaved down into a crew cast. Yeah. Hmm? Celia Ravenbrow you probably don't care about. I, I kind of assume she keeps being Celia Ravenbrow. I mean, yep. What more do you want out of a woman? Yep. She slays giant monsters and she drinks a ton of beer. That's fair. Uh, Agash, the dwarven midwife, you probably don't care. Yeah, I think we may be sliding um, yep. down out of the... This is just my alphabetical list. Yeah, yeah, no my, my list is organised alphabetically and by kingdom of people, which yeah. is no longer necessarily accurate, so I'll just run through it. Akaros. Oh, yes, so how does it, things go with Belinda the Baker? Akaros settles down with Belinda the Baker and actually finds it's quite a good life. Like, he starts basically getting a dad bod. Yeah. Getting the big belly. Yeah. Just kind of cruising. Still tells everyone that he's a hard man who's a hard fighter. Yeah. Um, well, I imagine he still kind of is. He, he is indeed. Yeah. But, you know, he, he ends up being that sort of, like, grizzled fucking 70-year-old. Yeah, mm-hmm. Who, who people are just like, nah, he's just full of shit. Yeah. He's full of shit. He's full of shit. And then at some point he picks some fucker up who is making trouble in the bakery and power bombs him through a table. Yeah. People go, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Barbarian levels, yeah. people. They don't lapse when you get old. He finds peace actually suits him quite well. Yeah. Uh, actual Lemadeus, you don't care about. Bokken tells you about how his brother cut off his finger. Yeah. <laughs> 
But he's happy with Crazy Ernie. He is happy with Crazy Ernie. Yeah. Um, Edrist Hanvaki. Oh, and yeah. And his Genevieve. Yeah. Who still wants a magical talking horse. Yeah. Um, but can't have one. No. Because um, I've got... The, the magical talking horse is mine. It must be said that he has ruined her. Oh, she, that's she, sad. she never really grows up. She just becomes a 40-year-old spoiled teenager who gets yeah. everything she wants instead. Yeah. Eventually he dies, she inherits all the money, yeah. and remains a raving, and, and, and remains a ravingly spoiled child. That's sad. Hmm? Uh, let's see. Dead, dead. Uh, Father Bellagio of the Church of Desna. Uh, First, who miraculously is still alive. Yep. Um, d- despite having had the most brushes with death of fucking anyone in the campaign. Yep. Um, the unit first is still alive, is repaired back to um, full working condition. Yep. And remains so. Long, he decides that um, this is this is projecting into the far future. Not over the next decades, but over the next couple of centuries, um, he decides that Stagthorn more broadly is the thing that matters most, and he is just going to serve where needed. He rotates in and out of all manner of positions. He is a counselor four more times <laughs> in different positions. Um, you know, never settles down, never changes, but seems happy in what he is. Sweet. Uh, Glad I didn't let her really break him. Friar Little Toe, the leader of the Children of the West, you don't care. Garam the Boggard, you don't care. Uh, Shumi lives in a swamp. Hiram Swiftfoot, the slave from Catapesh, goes off, joins the ruins of Aslant solo campaign, and becomes a PC. Yep. Uh, Huxley retires, Jerobeth is dead. Jod Tavkin. Oh, yeah. Um... John Kavkin, now with his still-working clockwork dog, Arrow, yep. uh, remains blind. Um, people variously show up. It's one of those things like being the old Western gunslinger. Once every couple of years, somebody shows up convinced they can cure his blindness. And he more or less says, I don't really care, but sure, if you want to. Oh, look, it didn't work. Yeah. Um, Remains the leader of the Church of Aristil in Stagthorn for his entire life. Yeah. And is very happy in that position. Um, when he eventually passes from old age, he is um, effectively lauded as a local saint. Yeah. Um, and over time, and again, this is moving into the um, uh, several decades, uh, will effectively become something resembling Saint Elica from Corvosa. Uh, he is John Kavkin, patron patron saint of um, of Stagthorn. That's awesome. You know the the man who gave up his sight to defeat this great evil, the yeah. Eye of Abaddon, uh, which eventually the legend starts morphing to sealed away chaotic gods from the outer dark. Kind yeah. Uh, Nathropol, gnome explorer. Mm-hmm. Um, Left Stagthorn a long time ago, continues to explore the world, having adventures. Yeah, I, um, I didn't really inter- I, I probably should have interacted with him more, but I didn't. Uh, Keston, Cassandra, Cressel, Kundal. Uh, Kundal returned to the land of the Lenorn Kings. He is happy. Yep. 
uh, Lady Nanaya Valara, the woman who owns the spas yes. down here, um, lives in them, is very happy with your growing kingdom, is very happy with encouraging your cultural growth, darling, is very happy with your alliances with Vivoy, and thinks she made a great decision getting on board this train. Yep, so she um, she becomes one of the great nobles of what is now a great kingdom. Yep. Uh, Latrissa and Loy Resbin, uh Retire, happily settled in Elk's Rest. Yep. Liana, your page. Yep. Uh, serves well for several years, then when she is asked to be a counsellor, goes... <laughs> instead. Um, and... Settles on having different jobs instead, that yep. are much less responsible and much less difficult. Uh, Queen Viscuit... Uh, remains attached to the, delusion, to the delusion that she is somehow a vital piece of Stagthorn's functioning. Yeah. And is more or less promoted sideways into the honorary queen of the Lizardfolk role. Yeah. Despite the fact that Lizardfolk flee your kingdom um, in large numbers, not so much to get away from you as because there are better opportunities elsewhere now. Yeah, because they, um, a lot of them are probably going to go join Gera's Lizardfolk Kingdom. Because, because in the Arcadian Isles and Ruins of Aslan, somebody is setting up their own Lizardfolk Kingdom. And that one's got, um, that, that, that one's running an exciting lizard ecology. Yeah. Which would probably, I imagine, mean that the Lizardfolk Village remains a largely Lizardfolk Village. But the like the the, yeah. the the lizards integrate a little into the kingdom, but they kind of what instead of breeding more lizards and spreading out into stag form, they breed more yeah. lizards and migrate west to the Arcadian Isles. Viscuit diminishes in in power substantively. Yeah, to the point where she is effectively just an old retired politician living with her handsome, sexy young consort. Yeah, which you know. But you know, I think she got what she wanted. <laughs> uh, do umberweed. Continues to live in his uh, tower, wizard's tower and send adventurers, and send adventurers out, out to collect ugly things that he doesn't want to bother with the difficulties of. Yeah. He thinks that being a professional quest giver is great. Yeah. Uh, Windchaser. Yay! Kalen's noble steed. Um, is Kalen ever going to offer the horse a position on the council? Wasn't planning on it, but it depends on how invested he is in that. Not very. I he would think so. he would take it if it was offered, and would find it highly amusing that there was a talking horse on the council. But he's not like so deeply into it. I kind of figured he's kind of like you know because he's got his own life to lead. Yeah, very much yeah. so. You know, like he's looking after. Carolyn will basically seek his advice on taking care of the local horse population as yes. Stagthorn continues to breed incredibly awesome war horses yeah. that we only sell to um the Shanaean and the and Mercedes Lequee novels only sell their horses to people effectively it's like adopting them uh, adopting out their children. They only sell them to people they think are really responsible owners and yeah. that's basically the you know like it, one of the ways you show us your responsible owner is by paying us a large amount of gold because these are great horses, and the other way is by demonstrating that you're not in any way someone like Genevieve Hanavaki, yeah. that you'll be responsible and take good care of this mount. And if you don't, the horse police will come. <laughs> yeah. So he is going to sort of slightly drift apart from Caitlin over the years. Yeah. Um, and is effectively becoming the leader of his own now increasing horse uh, tribe of horses. Yeah. Because it's been actively encouraged and actively farmed yeah. by Stagthorn at this point. 
I imagine this probably drifts back out to the fields of Fort Drelev again. Yeah, probably. Over time. Well, uh, there'll always be some horses in the palace. Because we, we have a special, we have a special meadow for them, but, you know, we'll probably have some, some of them will move out to the herds of Fort Drelev and probably divide his time between the two. I will leave Tobias till the end. No one cares what happened to Shump the innkeeper. Uh, B. Damn near everyone from this Fey list is mostly dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tig Tittertart, uh, Balanzi, the Nixie, and Teresa the Dryad continue to, you know, do their Fey thing. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, Tig Tittertart helps Paladish with the Smy Master bit. Yep. Crazy Ernie, Mayor of Van Hall, <laughs> yeah. gets elected in several landslides. Yeah. Um, God, I even have vote, er, vote Ernie and you won't be eaten by a bear. <laughs> vote Ernie. Bear hugs for the win. Yeah. Um, I even have lists for all the different centaurs. Yeah. Um, Uh, dear Emekis and Pavetta Drelev Struhn. Yeah, probably going back to Pavetta Struhn at this point. Um, hell no, she was married to a king. Okay. Uh, they move to Dagamark, eventually, where she tries wildly unsuccessfully to see if she can hook up with someone more powerful. Yeah. They are in completely the wrong place for it, both because Dagomar keeps all their power hidden, Yeah, so there's no open lord to marry, and B, because everyone there sees right through her. Yeah. C, because no one wants a damn bar of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, someone who is never seen in the River Kingdoms, or heard from in the River Kingdoms ever again, once went by Grigory. Yeah. He does not come back. He does not come back to the kingdoms surrounding Stagthorn. He does not come back to the kingdoms surrounding the kingdoms that surround Stagthorn. And thus he gets to lead a, a, a long and um, a considerably longer life. Certainly longer than he would if he came back here. Yep. Good for him. He got my message. Uh... In Mivor, um, in Mivoy, excuse me, always forget that one, um, Queen Rastaline, Rast Selene, uh, Queen Selene the Uniter, as she is known in the decades to come, rules wisely and well, um, getting on well with Stagthorn, there's always some tension there, mm. because there always is when there are two major powers, mm. and after her passing and after Kaelin's passing, things turn more aggressive between Stag between Stagthorn and Mavoy. First, just a small dispute over land and old treaties. Second, more violence. That is a story for another day. Nonetheless, it is a large threat that exists on Stagthorn's borders and yep. will continue to trouble them in the de- in the generations to come. And people per- curse Kaelin for making a deal to let Mivoy encircle um, Stagthorn to the east. Yeah. Uh, the Rusks, Elora, Marlin, and their son Simon, uh, yeah. have taken exited stage left out yeah. of this kingdom. And uh, whether they get up to banditry or not, they certainly go and do it elsewhere. That's what I asked them to do. Uh, blah, 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 blah. 
via Sleverton. Yes. Um, brought up with his two brothers, Brandon and Micah Thorne, um, followed up by his young sister, half-sister technically speaking, yep. but at, at, by the point where she is born, she is pretty much just called his sister from the get-go, he treats her as such, everyone else in the kingdom treats her as such. Yeah, It takes another five full years before the scandal starts to disappear about Kaylin and Svetlana, yeah. but about ten years after it started, yeah. the rumours do go away. Yeah, everyone's moved on. Because at the end of the day... You, nobody cares after yep. a long enough time. When Tobias eventually takes the throne, he will finally, upon coronation, change his name to Thorn from Leverton, having decided that's generally in the best interests of the kingdom. Yeah. Um, it does not, however, mean he forgets his father. Either of them. Any of them. Any yep. of them. Um, he has had an extraordinary life and remains the oddest, um, half de- demon possessed, orc blooded genie sorcerer. <laughs> uh, unsurprisingly, he becomes an awesome PC. Yeah. With that backstory. Heading up to Dragon Disciple. Yeah. Um, LSE, the former Titania. Um, as I say, sort of six months on in the woods, joins the community quietly. Things are always... Um, the weather is always rosy when it needs to be. Crops always grow when they need to. Um, there are no more substantive invasions from the first world. When there are natural disasters, they are quickly dealt with and put down. Um, She lives through Kaelin's lifespan, she lives through Bryn's lifespan, and she lives through Tobias's lifespan, although she is clearly aging. Um, and I think not in Kaelin's lifetime is she offered a position on the council, but after the, afterwards she is. Several times, and every time will turn it down, claiming that she's made the wrong choices before and doesn't want to face the temptations of power again. Um... When a war is brought to Stagthorn, not just little border skirmishes or bandits or anything like that, but serious war, and somebody needs to stand up for the kingdom, when there are the, the your classic giant dragon invasions, when Corel the Conqueror, giant red dragon, returns to raise the kingdom to the ground, she is there, standing with the other heroes of the kingdom, in the end, fighting to defend her home. It's not something she will ever seek out, but it is something that she will do. Awesome. I see her very much doing the, um, uh, the, um, was it the Cato thing? Um, you know, the wandering gunslinger thing. Yeah. She will be where she is needed, wandering the land, sometimes leaving the River Kingdom, sometimes returning. A long life, a somewhat isolated one, but ultimately a happy one, and certainly a peaceful one. And from time to time in Kaelin's lifespan, the two of them will walk in the gardens of Rosethorn together. Mm. You do not see Oberon again, nor Mab, nor the Puck. Rumours of them, 
of them will reach you on occasion, but they are thin and isolated, only passing shadows, prophecies, strange dreams, that sort of thing. For the most part, they have left this world. Aristotle, on the other hand, remains with you. The thorns, the, the, th- the armor of thorns remains with you. He is there, keeping your community strong, keeping your heart strong against the challenges that will come right through to the end of all things. And Kaelin and Brun. Which point I turn to you. Alright, so, um, Brun has a little girl, a little half-elven girl. Brun totally has a little half-elven girl. So, Kaelin has a daughter, and is very happy with that. Yep. And, um, Kaelin grows older. He remains a, um, fairly fierce warrior. And <laughs> Talk about fucking grizzled seventy-year-old. Yeah, and uh, someone that people don't want to mess with. Um, he builds a strong kingdom that you also don't want to mess with, yep. and, um... Rules as a patriarch over an extremely large, messy, and complicated family, which he is ex- in- remains incredibly and inordinately proud of. Yeah. And he is happy. I think in the future, um, I can see that um, he will die. And I think at some point, you know, as he sort of reaches his mid-60s, he will become very, I don't think ever frail. Yeah. But he will become old and grey and begin to run down. Yeah, I think from his point of view, frail, like yeah. now I'm only an 18 strength character. And um, at some stage he will pass on, and I think Bryn will see Tobias onto the throne, and then I don't think that she'll st- possibly stay indefinitely. Mm. I can see her at some stage deciding when Tobias is well established that she wants to move on. Yeah. That she wants to see more of the world. But I think that's a that's a story. Yeah. So I think Bryn Bryn's expected to live about triple Kalen's lifespan. Um when Kalen becomes old and his time begins to come, she mourns, of course, but she doesn't remotely grieve having done it. She never considers Kalen to be a mistake, ever. It has always been the wisest decision. always says, <clears throat> smartest decision of my life I ever made was to jump on you in that tent and whip my top off. Didn't work, but it got you thinking, and a few years later I had you. <laughs> um, when Kaylin passes, she will take the throne, but only for a very short span of time. She keeps it no more than two years. By this point, Tobias is in his mid-twenties and well old enough to take it. Um, she effectively takes it for a transition period and then just relinquishes the throne completely voluntarily to him. She never wanted it in the first place. Mm. She doesn't want it now. Um, and will be involved with her children, but will also just lope off into the woods from time to time. Yep. All right. And that probably covers the watershed. Yeah. So... Uh, I think at this point, uh, Kingmaker, do you have any plot threads you wanted to follow up on? Any um, people that were missing from that list that you care about, etc., etc., etc.? Well, that was a pretty comprehensive list. Um, I think Quintessa Moray is the only one um, that I didn't 
bring up who is somebody that actually strongly matters. Yeah, I, I'm kind of assuming she continues to do what she does. Yeah, very much. Um, she remains Dagomark's loyal assassin. Yeah. Um, she will continue to be the person that she is. Be- she has become older and wiser, has learned from this, but she's certainly not um, going to end up marrying anyone from the campaign or anything. Yeah, no, that's why. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wanted to get, um, what all the buildings do and stuff like that, but sure. I, I don't know that that... This, this is the point where you may ask for any manner of, um, plot closure that you didn't get, questions. Yeah. Bits that didn't make sense, bits that didn't finish, um, bits that you're like, did you just make this shit up or is it really in the book and you're just yanking my chain? Mm-hmm. So... Okay, what do you want to know? Um, what I would like is to get the building rules, and I'll just ask you about the buildings and note down the answers so that I can look it up if I desire to have that information. I'll stick an asterisk on them for the things I didn't build, so I remember, but it's, you know, it's bugging me. Sure. (laughs) Happy to provide closure for you. Yeah. Alright, so... We can stop here and come back to it, but there is more I'd like to do. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm, I, it's, um, I'm fine. Cool. So, um, the uh, what's an arena do? Uh, beep, beep, beep. Uh, halves the cost of garrisons and theatres. Halves consumption for festivals. Stability plus four. Oh, nice. I wouldn't bother writing these down. They're hard. I've got the GM list here. Okay, no problem. Cool. No problem. Cool. Uh, black market. Uh, blah, blah, blah. City base value goes up. Minor item slots, medium item slots, major item slots. Economy up, stability up, unrest up. Yep, there we go. Major item slots I never got to. Uh, magic shop. City base value... Minor items, medium items, major items, small economy boost. Yeah. Waterfront. Really uh, wanted 90 money. build points. A port for the arrival and departure. Uh, city base value by 4,000. Yeah. Three minor, two medium, and one major items. Halves the cost of markets. Halves loyalty penalty for tax edicts. Economy plus four. That's pretty boss. Uh, foundry. Uh, economy 1, Stability 1, Unrest 1, uh, BP that is earned by mines and quarries that is connected to your kingdom by roads doubles. Oh, that'd be awesome. Mint. Uh, economy plus 3, Loyalty plus 3. Cool. Uh, palace? Uh, economy plus 2, Loyalty plus 6, 108 build points, Unrest minus 6, Halves the costs of mansions, castles, noble villas, mints. Can hold a huge or smaller army. Awesome. And university. Halves the cost of academies, bardic colleges, libraries, magical academies, military academies. Economy plus two, loyalty plus two. Every PC gains two skill points. Ooh. Yeah, all right. Those were, the, Limit one per kingdom. Yeah, those, those were some pretty cool things. But no, that's okay. 
they they were cool and I regret not building some of them, but it does sound, but I don't, not nothing that's too painful. Nothing that you'll uh, regret the rest of your days. No, no, I'm happy with that. Oh, um, jumping back, uh, this is on my other piece of paper. Volta and Littleton. Yep. Um, if you care. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, so, um, he will eventually ask to be brought in as basically a, effectively a vassal of Stagthorn. Yeah. Not joining the kingdom, just allied with you in the same similar sort of deal you did with Murkvale. Yeah. Um, in return, he follows your laws and blah, blah, blah. People keep voting him for the mayor. Yeah. You know, he, he keeps telling them not to and they keep voting for him yeah. to be the mayor. Uh, eventually he says, right, fuck it, if I'm in charge, then I'm in charge. We're joining Stagthorn. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we're doing. Sweet. Anyone who doesn't like it can fuck off. But by that, and by that stage, Stagthorn's moved yeah, a yeah. lot further Stagthorn south. Stagthorn is around him at that point. Yeah. Huh? Cool. Uh, did you have any plot threads that you wanted to resolve, things you thought were missing, questions you had? Not really. About any of it right from the beginning. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I feel like I got a pretty... It, it, it all kind of hung together. I yeah. don't really have lots of things that I'm still wondering about. That's, that's fine. It's entirely possible you're like, what the fuck was the deal with that one unicorn and the quickling? Oh, yeah. What, what was the deal with that unicorn? Oh, 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 there was one. What was the deal with the unicorn? Who actually killed the unicorn? Uh... Because in the book it says Nerissa killed the unicorn, but there's no way that's what Titania actually did. Was it the Jabberwocky? Uh, no, it was the Wriggling Man. Oh, right. Because he's a... Yeah. Uh, because he wanted unicorn bits for his magical experiments, and um, Titania didn't approve of him murdering her, um, her, her fae citizens. So he did it when she wasn't looking? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It ran terrified for him, fell through a portal in the first world, and then died of fear. You're right. Well, I feel like he should have been brutally murdered for that. Well, he was. That makes me And good good. for him. He was unquestioningly the evilest character in the campaign. Yep. More than Vordekai? Uh, okay, fair cop, fair cop. (laughs) Vordekai wins that contest. Yeah, I'm just saying. The Wrigley Man would have just killed me if he'd won. Alright. Bits you liked, bits you hated? Mmm. Um, let's see. This is kind of the bit where we just yak about the campaign. Yeah, um, so six years, wow. I really enjoyed, um, coming down and finding that first group of bandits and fighting them off and forging the ballista and stuff. That was very satisfying. You'd you'd probably say by far and away the best bit was book one that we didn't record, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tease it. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. Just, you know, trying to put my thoughts together. Um, I was really struggling with the bit with Gregory where he was just undermining me and I kept trying things and he kept undermining me. I was happy that that, um, that was really pushing me. I was happy that the conclusion ca- came about where we um, were able to actually get that under control because I was really losing it a bit there. Um the thing with Svetlana and Bryn was really, really upsetting at the time. Possibly a bit too much so, but um, I'm really happy with how it came out. Um, all the stuff with Niska was really boss. Definitely um, 
that big dramatic revelation where I found out everyone was lying to me, um, and then Swetlana meeting where we had the river and stuff came out really well. A lot of the really great moments for things that weren't per se in the actual book is yeah. written. It's all there somewhere. Um, accidentally stabbing Drelev to death. <laughs> that was boss. Yeah, okay, that, that, that wasn't written. The, the, and in fact, I, I listened through to that bit recently, the whole thing with, you know, fighting Pavaretta and the demon dog and her throwing pots at my head and then accidentally stabbing Drelov to death, that, that was pretty great. Um, Candlemere was pretty freaky, but it wasn't too far. I felt like I had a pretty good understanding of what was going on and what was happening. Kaelin Twicebourne was pretty upsetting, and I may have pushed too far in the other direction with that. I think a little bit more clarity that it was um, a vision from Aristil, or that it was in alignment. A little bit more clarity about what was going on there before I made all those decisions as a result might have been good, but honestly, I'm not sure I would have done anything different. I actually really liked where you, where you took that. I yeah. Mean, it, it was supposed to be like, you know, as a Knight of Thorns... Because you have class features that depend on your god's approval, yeah, you get told you get some sort of warning when you're doing doing something that might affect that, yeah, and thus you feel a sense of prickling and warning when you pick up the sword. We're just going to make it an awesome vision thing, yeah. But I actually liked where you took that and went, okay, no, Orphan Bane must die, and that led to this whole adventure that I hadn't seen coming, where you went off to the boneyard to break the sword. Uh, killed off Corwin, which was by no stretch of imagination a given. Yeah. He, he would almost have inevitably ended the campaign dead somewhere. Yeah. But I could totally see, see him going out riding a Jabberwocky down all the way. But I was very happy with Svetlana turning up as a PC. I think that was actually really cool. And, um, and having, bringing Corwin back for a swan song was yeah. excellent and really well yeah, done. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, his last, um, his last relationship point thing was the, um, uh, it was was his heroic death thing, yeah. which was right now you've got 30 points of relationship with him. At any point, you can activate this, which gives him a bug pile of hit points and bonuses to hit and blah, blah, and confirms all his crits and et cetera, et cetera, the duration of this encounter. At the end, he dies. Yeah. The, the centaur adventure was really great from start to finish. The mm. loyalty mechanic, um, getting to make friends with the centaurs, making peace with them. I think that's one of the things Caelan will definitely look back on and go, I did that well. Not just defeating Vordekai, but the whole thing. Bringing them in as friends. Very happy with how that came out. Tiny pixie villages are great. <laughs> Uh, I'm very proud that I finally bought for Lavishon as a spy master, even if I did wait till the very end of the campaign because I'm a giant sissy shocker. Yep, yep. It's all good. Yeah, it, it's also noticeable that I put Kirsten Garrison as counselor after all. I don't look at any unscripted wars. I think um, the Kingdom paperwork became frustrating over time. Mm. I, I think um, I really enjoyed building the kingdom and it made me very happy. I'm glad that the, I, I wouldn't want to do something like that for like the next campaign if the next campaign was going to be me playing as opposed to me GMing. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm ready to stop doing kingdom paperwork now. I am well ready for you to stop doing kingdom paperwork. <laughs> and you've learned a valuable lesson about um, big chunks of sessions that involve me needing to write things down. <laughs> 
But, you know, you wanted to give me an awesome opportunity to build something because you knew I would enjoy it, yeah. and I did. I, I don't I, think... I, I think that worked as written. Like, I, I found the Kingdom paperwork somewhat tedious, and I certainly found the army combat um, kind of lengthy and tedious. But I don't think there was necessarily a better way to do it. If you boil the kingdom down to just story instead of a character sheet, then you don't get to make all those choices and all those decision points. And it it just becomes very arbitrary. The GM says, yes, you can do that. No, you can't. And I think the armies would, would really fall down without an economy behind them. I'd just end up going, in the background, you beat up Pytax's army, or you don't because the story needs to go longer. I'm certainly glad we didn't just go with Kingdom in the background and have a boring Kingdom that was just, um, this is a thing. Oh, yeah, that, that sucks. Yeah. That was never going to happen. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I, I, I'm proud of Stagthorn, and I'm happy with um, how it came out in the sort of place that it is. All right. Happy for me to rumble? Yep. So, um, few a few high points of the campaign for me. Um, I really liked Vordekai, um and particularly the Soul Eaters. Mm. That thrice will I come for your soul, but if you can beat them all off the three ambushes, then you get bonus powers. The the third adventure is probably my favourite one across the board because I love the Van Hole vanishing, where you just get there and everyone mm. is gone and the whole fucking thing has been rolling hook. Um, and it's just the raven that follows you everywhere and listens for your name. Um, I liked the soul eaters. I liked all the stuff we put in about the centaurs and that mm. sort of thing. Um, I um, got very attached to Book Four's um, Amag Twiceborn and his magical song. Yeah. And really liked where we where took all the stuff with Orvin Bane and where that led to Corwin going and Spetlana yeah. coming in as a PC and all that kind of thing. Um, the the big surprises have got to be Gudineska, yeah. Who, as written, takes up like a quarter, half a page, maybe. Yeah. Oh no, 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 two full pages with yeah. her with her uh, cult of Gorona and her stat block. Yeah. And a page of that is just her stat block. Yeah. Um. So she isn't one of the Pathfinder NPCs that has a detailed backstory, is she? Uh, no. <laughs> no, and to be honest, I never felt any need to give her any sort of backstory because I don't think there was ever any any event that made no. her bad. No, the it whole wasn't point. because her husband beat her and it wasn't because she was raped and it wasn't because of any given incident. It was just because she became a hateful person who yeah. twisted herself up over time. Yeah. Um, you know, had a series of reversals that she decided were going to ruin her life and they did. But I introduced her because, like, she's here and she's coming up. Cool. Let's give Svetlana a midwife so I can get the character on screen before she surprisingly turns out to be an evil cultist. And then came the fateful words of, like, go ask Svetlana who would make a good counselor. And Svetlana's like, well, my best friend, Goody Miska, <laughs> you should put her on the council. And it just exploded from there. Yes, and I will point out, because I've gone back and listened to this now, that what what happened when I put her on the council was I said, all right, I'm going to need to put someone in X person's place. And you said, well, remember you were thinking about putting Goody Niska on the council. Yes. And I said, oh, yeah, I was. You said, remember you were thinking about putting Goody Niska yes, on the council. 
She would have fought to death to keep that position because yeah. once she got her hooks in, that's when I just started screwing things up in the background and going, okay, make me a roll. Yeah, it seems like the people are, you know, fomenting rebellion. Yeah, I, People I, are just unhappy. Maybe your wife should dump you. Yeah, I, I listened through again and I can hear every time you did, every time you, like, woman just in my kingdom just became unhappy and then someone tried to murder John and then Bruno and I are just having trouble in our relationship for some reason and I can see everywhere you did it. Gre- Gregory, and it, I was, th- yeah, it was really subtle. Gregory, I think, is an amazing encounter for something that you just want to stab your way through that you very expressly shouldn't. Yeah, it's so and, annoying. And it really plays into... um what you've built individually as Stagthorn, you've yeah. a completely different Gregory and a completely different kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wouldn't all be about all about Caelan's love life and what it says about his moral yeah. integrity in and a kingdom where Caelan hadn't established such a pious reputation and then apparently fell from grace so dramatically. And the, the ongoing saga of Svetlana and Oleg and Tobias and Caelan and the moon radishes and all this sort of thing uh, all comes, for our listeners, you know this already, um, comes from because as written in the first book, Svetlana has this really stupid side quest where she tells Kalen to go and get a bunch of radishes uh, because Oleg likes soup made of radishes and she will pay him this preposterous sum of money for it. Um, where is this thing in here? Uh, yep, she will give Kalen 250 gold to bring her moon radishes to make soup. I mean, that's really stupid. Why does she really want them? What if she's a different species from him? What if he's a grumpy, taciturn dwarf? Because she's a pretty sort of pseudo-Russian human girl. What if they cross the species barrier and make her pregnant? What if she's a male or a bride? And then it just went on from there and on and on. What if she's not terribly happy with her life but is loyal enough to stay with her husband until a handsome half-orc comes along? On and on and on and on. Well, from her point of view. Yeah. (laughs) You're very heroic. Yeah. I have to say I really liked Caleb. I think he's by far and away the best character you've ever played. And that's actually a reasonably high bar. Mm, I really liked Caleb too. I, um, I'm glad I got to take him the full yard. Um, I want to jump back in because of stuff Absolutely. you brought up. Um, the Soul Eaters were amazing. Staggering outside the tavern with corn and it's like you're being attacked by what? It wants to eat your soul. Bring what? me his soul. And, and then you make I, I make the check and it drains like eight points of charisma or something. It's wisdom, the, I think. Yeah. Wisdom and starts eating my soul. And it's it's the tavern and I'm wearing my leather armor. I don't know what the hell's going on and nearly kills me. And it was terrifying. <laughs> um, the various NPC encounters in book six were extremely boss. The Tobias one was upsetting, uh, very upsetting, but it was also amazing. And the rest of them were very cool. Even if I'm still haunted by the um, notion of Umberweed standing on the shore of the lake with the ability to cast water free. <laughs> no, just um, like as soon as you go to town, you'll make it go there from a streetwise check, you'll find out Umberweed can cast water free. Oh, you're just, you're gonna go straight past it. Cool, cool. Yeah, so, but aside from that one little thing, they were all awesome and I really enjoyed them, and the thing getting to play, Getting to play, I really enjoyed getting to play Van and Svetlana. Yeah. And, uh, doing my best Van. And yes, I really loved Kalen. I really loved how you built him an entire extended and complicated family and listened to me about the kind of sibling and father relationships that I wanted and then did really awesome stuff. 
I really love Tristram and his awesome backstory that yeah. I am now desperate to tr- jam into a different character so I can play a Tristram. Yeah, and- yeah. Con- considering he started with, I want somebody, I want an NPC with the knowledge skills that I can use as my exposition monkey so that yeah. I'm not telling you, Kaylin knows blah, 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 then you turn around and tell everyone else. Yeah. And thus came Tristram. <laughs> knowledge bard. Yeah. Um... I, I am totally responsible for all the um, affairs of ancient gods stuff. Yeah. Because um, that, that was all me fucking around with the backstory to try yeah. and make it more interesting. You, however, are solely and entirely responsible for the romantic entanglements we referenced in the intro. <laughs> I blame you entirely. Really? Entirely? None of that is in here. I know. You put it all in. Every <laughs> single part of it. Every marriage, every divorce, <laughs> everything you put in. Jamandi, Van, Quintessa. Kalen never thought anyone would offer him a choice. He just was planning to not get any girls. So, you know, he didn't have a complicated plan for what to do if multiple girls expressed interest in him. Lillian, the random book two side quest who wants you to find her a pretty statue and will pay you some money for it. <laughs> right, because it's totally my fault that she's named Lillian Visky. <laughs> Quintessa, Quintessa Murray? <laughs> Hooking Quintessa up with Tristan? That was not my fault. I said... It would have worked. What? That would have got... That have made it work? That have got married, that have made it work. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't have any regrets about breaking them up. It, it, it would have made... In the end, it would have made Quintessa a better person, I reckon. Yeah. But, you know... She was a Dagomaki assassin who was here to kill me. Yeah, totally. Uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not fine with it. <laughs> if she hadn't been, I'd have been fine with it. I'd been fine with all the rest of it, but I, I, I would have drawn the line at that. See, I, I could see it just never coming out, and then me getting to the conclusion, I'm like, yeah, in like three years from now, Dagomark will decide you're getting too powerful and try and assassinate you, and that's when Quintessa tells you she's, she is, has, and has always been a Dagomark assassin. Well, if Kaelin hadn't made that one sense motive check, it's entirely possible it would never have come to light. Yep. Uh, Castruccio Ravetti, the Clockwork King, I think has to win my favourite NPC. Yeah. Um, he was pretty much awesome from start to finish, and I, I just, I always knew what the character was going to do, always. Yeah. Like, every time you get interacted with him, I'm just like, oh, just, what does he do? I haven't thought about this in advance, but I always know, because the characters yeah. just ended up being so strong. That's how I felt about it. That, that was the kind of, that's definitely the definition of a successful PC or NPC. Kalen definitely developed the kind of personality where I could always know what he'd do in circumstances that he frankly had never anticipated. Like, when people start, the parable was great for the, what does Kalen do in these circumstances? Because really, Kalen never thought this would happen to him. Oh, that I enjoyed. That was definitely a high point. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, there were bits that I enjoyed less, the, mm. but by and large, I enjoyed the vast majority of it very much indeed. Mm. Um, uh, Trust, I think, is my weakest point for the campaign. Um, I, I had different ideas about where I was going with that from the start, um, and it never quite went there, and he ended up disappearing and then coming on screen a bit late and it worked fine it just could have been better uh, I was pretty happy with the resolution I was surprised he was off screen so much 
Yeah, I, I, I never found a good place to put him back into the middle of Erevidi's war. Yeah, that makes sense. Where he wasn't just going to take away from the story. Yeah. Um, and, um... But honestly, I was really happy with how that came out in the end. And my, my key learning is never name two PCs something so eerily similar. Yeah, even if, if they're even if they're a changeling in his original human heart. I yeah, yeah. So. What, what I would have had if I'd um, realized retroactively would have been that Triss's nickname, you know, as a baby was, um, you know, Rupert, whatever. Yeah. Um, and thus he referred to himself as that instead. Yeah. You know, even though his legal name would have been Tristan. Yeah. Uh, I I also have to say that um, uh, everybody who writes kingdoms that are named the same as the cities in them, like Pytax and Pytax, the main city of Pytax, needs punching. And the reason you're not you're not as angry about this as you were when we did Catapesh and you found out it was the city, the, the, the country of Catapesh. Which has the city of Catapesh in it. Which has the Catapesh Desert, which, which is also called Catapesh. which is called Catapesh as well. Um, uh, Pytaxia got named fairly hastily. Yeah. Um, Littleton is also one of those things that if I'd seen where it was going, I'd have called it something else entirely. As it is, I'm just like, it's the little village that's there, it's called Littleton on the map, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, now it sucks. Yeah. Say so, Um... So yeah, that's that's what I've got. Obviously, huge chunks of the book are different, starting from some small changes, like let's just change Nerissa's motivation a little and completely alter the fabric of the campaign. Yeah. Um, notes, 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 notes. It's we've managed to. Kaelin's character sheet, the kingdom character sheet, and this folder are all on the verge of death. Yeah, yeah. Especially my, this folder. My physical folder is just about shattered down the spine completely from yeah, the sheer we'll, weight of notes. In yeah, well, once you've just pared it down to the archive copy, what we probably want to do is just put it in a new folder. <laughs> oh, um... Kingdom stats are ridiculously difficult to keep track of. I now have a bunch of knowledge about things that you should write down, like what the derivation of all your different numbers are. Yeah. Like, if I'm ever doing anything involving this many complicated mathematical calculations, like, the, like what events led to this number being 11? You know, I will never know. I can no. never put the Humpty Dumpty back together again. Some groups do it as Excel spreadsheets. Which yeah. Has a lot of wisdom to it. Yeah. It mean playing with a computer at the table. Yeah. Alright, so I think we're approaching done here. Yeah. There are some things about the Kingdom rules that um, I thought could use a little bit of tweaking, but I don't know how relevant that is. Probably not. Um, no. Massively, unless you've got anything specific you want to say about it. No, I think um, it 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 worked it worked well enough for what it was and built yep. a cool kingdom, so I I'm good with that. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to it's hard now to visualize what it would have been if I'd gone with the little halfling chick who just wanted shiny jewels. Yeah, <laughs> undoubtedly a very different game. Yeah, or if I'd um, decided to make Callum more of a barbarian and thus now a completely different person. <laughs> All right, so. I want to um, shout out to a few people. We're coming to the end. Yep. Uh, so Hal, who runs RPG MP3, but we appreciate being hosted by them. Uh, 
go give RPG MP3 some patron money. Um, as you have now listened to God only knows how many hours of Kingmaker, um, probably 450 something at this point. Eight. Uh, we have a, this, this would be episode 150 odd something in the can. Yeah. We're approaching about 158 to go out on. Um, and then there was the entire unrecorded book at the start. Yeah. But that's, you know, each session is two or three hours. That's yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah. If you've enjoyed it, uh, go donate money to the Patreon or whatever. Keep the lights on. Um, I also want to shout to Paizo's Kingmaker forums, who just have a ridiculous wodge of useful information stuck all over the forums. I would highly suggest for anyone that wants to run Kingmaker, sit down and read every thread on the forum from start to finish. Uh, some of them are just completely brilliant, um, and I stole... Mind-bogglingly from that, uh, the concept of the centaurs and the centaur trust system. Irvetti being the clockwork man, running his clockwork kingdom. Uh, and Hugrolka's kingdom being a lot more aggressive about what they were doing, actively pursuing Kaelin instead of just kind of sitting in a bubble, waiting for him to come to them. So, excellent stuff on the Paizo forums for Kingmaker. Wholeheartedly recommended to everyone. Uh, we... Uh, if you like some of the ideas in this, places where I have stolen them from, I highly, highly recommend the Disney cartoon Gargoyles, where I have stolen almost all of my fey mythos from. Who They stole it from Shakespeare, of course, but um, it, it is an excellent representation of Oberon and Puck, and even bits of Titania, and a fabulous show that taught me lots about plotting and how to foreshadow things, and how to do mysticism and magic and that sort of thing, so... If you haven't seen Gargoyles by some miracle and you like Kingmaker, go watch Gargoyles is my recommendation. <laughs> what are you snickering at there? No. <laughs> um, the other one I also stole extensively from is the, the book series The Dresden Files, um, who also have a lot to say about the Fae, and I lifted a lot of their concepts from that as well, because one of the things that most attracted me to Kingmaker in the first place was all the Fae stuff. I haven't seen a D&D adventure do so well with it and do so much with the face stuff. Uh, that, that, that. Um, uh, we also want to thank the late Carter Lockhart, who introduced me into podcasting and act- running these actual plays. A lot of his work is still up on RPG MP3, and I suggest you follow it because he has a lot of good voices. Uh, sadly, a lot of unfinished stories. We, of course, want to thank the people who have been listening to this. Uh, particularly the four or five of you that have given us, at this point, several pages worth of various emails and comments and details, feedback and that sort of thing. And to the other hundred people that haven't said anything, uh, at this point the campaign is over. Let us know what you thought, what you liked, what you hated, etc., etc., etc. But um, thank you very much to the people that have given us the feedback that they have, because we really enjoy it. It gives us a lot to build on. It makes it worth the endless hours that are editing these things. For every hour you listen to, it takes probably three times as long to actually produce. Um, And I think that's about me done talking. Thanks for listening. You got anything else, or shall we leave it there? No, I'm good to leave it there. Um, Next time, there won't be any more. It's kind of hard to believe after all this time. Yep. Six, about six years worth of gaming. 
periodically we have had some decent gaps in there where life has overtaken us. But it has taken us about six years to run through Kingmaker. Six books, uh, 600 pages, uh, many, many, many more pages of my own notes and details and kingdom building rules and all that sort of thing. And so we come to the end of Kalen's tale. Herein lies the end of Kalen's tale, a tale of the affairs of ancient gods, romantic entanglements, and war. The river kingdoms have been conquered. All is well. There is no dum-dum-dum. The future continues and is bright. Thanks for listening. <laughs>